Yo, here we are, episode 10. Welcome to the Quamfy Show. We have a special guest today. His name is Hungarian Horntail. Ah! He's one of our uh, more uh, well-known community members. Uh, we're uh, we're ecstatic to have him here. Uh, Hungarian, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Amazing, amazing stuff. I I was I was so happy when we when we thought like oh Hungarian he knows something about what well, we're going to talk about the the, the Coinbase thing uh, was mm-hmm. a thing that I noticed in, in, in uh, a while back as well. But you just deep dove straight in and and, and and figured stuff out. I was like oh man let let's just get Hungarian here, and yeah. uh, and you said yes it's 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 amazing. Yeah. 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 No, really happy to have you here. Uh, well. I told some episodes before that we were aiming to have guests on the show and uh, we are doing this. So really happy you uh, accepted our invite. And um, yeah, usually I interrupt Jarno a lot, but I won't be doing this that much uh, this uh, this episode. I'll just give you the space you need. And uh, yeah, that's it. How have you been doing, Jarno? Let's start where uh, we always start. Yeah, Um Pretty well. Weather is picking up in the Netherlands. Always makes me uh, a little, a little extra comfy because yeah. if you're sitting at home and it's shitty weather outside, raining and cold, um, then, then you're still sitting at home behind a computer, behind the screen. And um, I, I much rather go outside and walk the dog. And I prefer doing that in shorts and uh, <laughs> and a tank top. And yeah, yeah the, the, the last last couple of weeks, um, weather uh, well. Didn't, didn't really allow for that. I mean, I could if I wanted to, but yeah, I'm also a bit of a luxury horse. So uh, <laughs> yeah, no. But the weather's awesome. Um, it was a new update today. I, I looked into it very briefly. I read something about Polkadot. Um, you pointed out very interesting that the interoperability Ethereum killer in quotation solution that will save the world, cure cancer, and uh, and, 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 and and care of poverty needs interrupt apparently. Um, yeah, maybe I'm misinterpreting this no. or mispresenting, but I think it's funny. And yeah, man, so I'm I, I, I'm all good, all happy, and all fired up for tonight. We had a, a, a we intended for a brief introduction where we met Hungarian before the episode started, and Hungarian just went off to the races, and he was actually. It's it's amazing. I'm I'm really excited to have him here. How uh, yeah. how how are you, Tim? How, how have you been? How, how uh, pretty good. Um, yeah, nice weather. Just an easy uh, calm week for me. It's weird. April has been odd with the weather. A couple of weeks ago, you told me you were chilling in a tank top outside, and the next week after it, it was snowing <laughs> during the episode. Karma. And now we're we're back to not having nice weather. So uh, yeah. We're just switching around, just like the price of Q and T. I think uh, a couple of weeks back we uh, were at one hundred and fifty dollars. Now uh, we're at one hundred and fifteen. It's around one hundred euros. So we uh, go back and forth a little bit. But for me, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, we've also made some progress again uh, with the logistics of the show. Um, yes. I've been working on this project for uh, somewhere from the this space. So I'm also really excited to uh, be able to share that in some time so really exciting stuff coming up and now i have the honor to uh ask hungarian how he is doing how are you <laughs> well first and foremost man the, the the pleasure and honor is all mine i i absolutely love the space that we're in and, and i can think of nothing better to do right now than 
be here with like-minded individuals and, and to talk about something that we all love. So I'm I'm good. You know, I'm I'm happy. I'm excited to be here. Outside of crypto, it's it's been really good, dude. I'm spending a lot of time outside, getting back into more hiking and backpacking, outdoor nice. stuff. Actually, I have my my first summit attempt for a, a real mountain coming up in like nine weeks here. My first like actual mountaineering excursion like that you would consider you know serious glacier stuff. So a little nervous, but very excited. Uh, rightfully so, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, rightfully so nervous. I mean, we, we spoke about this in the, in the Telegram. And I uh, kind of know what you're up to, and it's uh, yeah. In 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 Dutch they say um, "goed beslagen ten ijs gaan," um, and I know many people have pain in their eardrums right now. But it means like you got to prepare properly and 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 make sure everything is up to snuff, or you're gonna get into serious trouble. Yeah, got a lot of respect for the mountain. That's for sure. Good. <laughs> Good. Amazing. Yeah, definitely keep us posted and I'm really curious how it'll work out. I always I'm feel gonna... uneasy in the mountains for some reason. I'm just not used to having mountains uh, around my house. <laughs> it's all flat over here. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, tell us your story in some time when you've actually done it. Seems lovely. I'll get some good pictures for you guys. And I think it's also a great tip for everyone listening. Sometimes you just really need to take your time off the charts and go out in nature and hike and just enjoy the world around you. It it really gives peace of mind, mind, at least for me. I I realized this afternoon I was walking in, uh, as you know, I live in Rotterdam and and we have some some pretty decent parks and some some patches with overgrowth and stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. there and I I walked there with the dog and I was intending to do some uh, some exercising. And then I realized that we already, uh, quote unquote, already had the new update from the team. And I was actually thinking like, man, last update was only a week ago. And then I I thought back, it was not, it was was two weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. Because I'm not paying attention anymore, and, and 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 I mean I'm paying attention, but I'm not I'm I'm not stressing out on on when gateways and 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 when God knows what. I mean we know what is going on in space, and Hungarians probably gonna gonna have uh, have a riff on that a little bit later on. Um, but everything looks so good, and everything is so juicy, and there is um, it appears that nothing is happening. Because because the water surface is kind of flat for the for the crypto folk and everything, but there is so much going on, and everything. If if, if you just read between the lines, um, there's no need to stress out, and there's no need to be worried and to be checking every day. Do we have dashboard yet? Um, I mean, obviously, I want the price to go up. I'm not going to lie about when that. When stacking, yeah, when, when stacking, stacking of course, with the passive income and stuff. It's it's important for the long term, but for now. It's. I just noticed that I'm not worried at all anymore, and I I I still sold some Q and T today because I needed to buy some stuff, and and that hurts, you know. It's it sucks, and but but it's it's yeah. I'm it I'm is, reminded of a conversation I had with a mentor of mine a couple of years ago. Um, I'm the kind of person who's very goal oriented, very ambitious. It's really difficult for me to not do something, and by nature. I'm just in go mode. I want to go and accomplish things. I want to break records. I want to set sales targets. I want just to move forward. Um, and, and that's a really comfortable place to be for me, but it's also really unhealthy to spend too much time in that type of mindset. In this conversation I had with my mentor, it 
was it was it was along a lot of stoic principles and essentially the conclusion was you have to become patiently impatient yeah exactly. and if you're constantly focused on that end goal you're not enjoying the steps that actually make you who you are you're not enjoying the process that makes it what it is yes. because like as humans we are so we're designed to set goals and to focus on improvement we're designed and hardwired to improve our situation to not be complacent like like that's what's allowed us to evolve to where we are now yes but in this modern landscape things are very different and there's um, a disproportionate amount of energy that can go into these types of things and we throw something like crypto into the mix that is this um, ambiguous just never-ending rabbit hole of ideas and things to learn and, and in a place that's it's it's always going it's it's so dynamic 24 7 something is happening someone is building something is going on and if you spend all of your time and energy only focusing on that one thing you lose a part of yourself and like yeah that sounds kind of weird but as, as someone who spent the last couple of years living and breathing 8 10 12 hours a day of crypto in telegrams and discord talking to people writing learning reading I mean, you, you name it. If you have a better relationship with yourself through personal habits, like whether that's exercise or diet or meditation, like you get yourself right and everything else will get better in the process. And, you know, as we enter kind of into this, this lull in the crypto markets where things aren't super exciting, it's not, you know, up only, it's, it's not, you know, constant euphoria. I think it's a good reminder for all of us, especially if you've been in this space for a while. Like this is a great time for us all to get right with ourselves and to take yeah. care of ourselves, to put into place the habits and steps needed to ultimately make us the best possible version of ourselves. Because being in quant, and, and here's where things get really exciting, being in quant, we know what's coming for the future. The Q&T token will appreciate enormously. And if you've been holding quant for a while, you will be rewarded. And there's really not a way around that. Yeah, but that's not the only thing. Continue. No, I mean that—that's just it. Like, you got to be ready for it. Yeah. 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 And uh, why I interrupted? What I wanted to add to that is what what Tim and I already spoke of a couple of episodes back. <clears throat> I mean, I I have a, a fuck ton of, of, of free time. Uh, I chose to stop working. Um, I can because my wife works. She loves what she does. That's fine. Um, from what I hear from you, Hungarian, you have. Um, a lot of free time for yourself if you want to. You can make your own schedule. You have your own priorities. Um, and, and, and what I want to argue is crypto is uh, a community where people go from rush to rush to rush. And same as mountaineering, the summit, if you manage to make it to the summit, the summit will be short because you don't want to get caught up there with wind chill Minus God knows how many degrees Fahrenheit is below zero, but minus 30 wind chill, God knows how high. You, you cannot stay on the summit very long. So you might as well enjoy the way up and enjoy the way down. Because if you do not enjoy that, what the hell are you going to do? And um, in crypto, it's always the next summit. It's always the next summit. It's kicking the can down the road. And we are always comparing. We are always comparing wallet sizes. We are comparing what other people do to diversify. The grass is always greener. It's a FOMO community. And I want to argue that 
so, so many people in crypto are still working way more. And we have, we have an example. I, I don't want to share the name of the person, but we both know and we share the same group um, that is economically set. He, 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 he can stop working, but he's having doubts if, if, if he is wealthy enough to even work less. I mean, the culture in, 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 in the normal world is already work eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week. Grind, 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 work, 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 get more, get a bigger car. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had this song in my head today. Oh, Lord, would you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Do you know that song? L- look it up. My friends all drive Porsches. I must make demands. It's, it's a really old song. But I, I was thinking about that. And that is what, what, what crypto and society is about. It's always keeping up with the Joneses, needing more, wanting more. And, 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 and what we eventually do is, is we forget to live life. And if you can sell one Q&T a week, if, 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 in, in, in my case, a, a little bit more, but you have to work 10 hours or 20 hours less, and you can use those 20 hours of your life, I'm talking about a week at 10, 20 hours, to, to be outside or be with family or, or be with, for instance, my son, watching him grow up, be, be with my dog. And we know what Quant's going to do or your other crypto projects. Why keep keep grinding and losing out on all the beautiful things that are actually happening to get more while you're already going to be having enough? Because most people agree that QNT is going to be four or five digits. And a lot of people we uh, associate with have, have, have bags that, 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 that at these prices will, will have you and your family for the next couple of generations set probably. So why do we keep grinding? And why do we want more, 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 more? Because it's the culture and we want to get more. We need more. But do we really? Do we really? Or can we just, should we just take a step back, reflect, see what's important to us and what is really important, except that we're going to get there, going to get there in maybe two years, maybe five years. Um, no more than five years, please, God, no. But <laughs> it's... <sighs> and, it's and, funny hearing you say this, man. I, I went through something somewhat similar myself. I've always had this idea of the future that I wanted, the, the goals, the items that I wanted, the kind of car I wanted to drive. And through the entirety of my career in a pretty fast-paced, high-performance environment, that was something that was kind of my, my grounding, my anchor. And I had extreme conviction, and in, in that was the future that I wanted. And what's interesting is as I got into crypto and as I was able to become more successful and, and do things that I wasn't previously able to do, I found that my desires actually went down as the ability to achieve them went up. And it got to the point where I could go out and get one of those new cars, or I could go out and do some stuff that was really exciting. Yet I had less desire than ever before. Yeah. The, it's almost like to really be, or to, to have a fair shot at, materialism not having such dominance in your life it it requires a certain amount of resources i think or maybe it just makes it easier um because it changes your perspective and you guys can totally edit this out because i'm going to go off topic here and just throw some stuff out here no but we we, we don't edit anything out so uh, oh, this is the hashtag out. always <laughs> off topic gentlemen yeah oh man okay well this is going to get real interesting then <laughs> yes that's how we roll well, 
I, I think I might have to save that because I, I could go on an absolute tangent right now. But I, I think that there's, you know, like I, I told you guys earlier, there's some really interesting paradigm shifts that are going to occur. Yeah. And that's that's the exciting part. It's not the products. It's not the use cases. It's the paradigm shifts of interaction. It's the fact that this new iteration of technology isn't just the, the bigger, faster, shiniest, new best thing. It's not just some new business model with a little bit more, you know, incremental efficiency and monetization. Like we're, we're talking about a complete revolution and evolution in some cases of how humans interact with other humans and how humans interact with value, how we organize ourselves and how we create systems of governance. I mean, nearly everything in the modern landscape is a product of those types of interactions. I think fundamentally, if we go back to like the dawn of human history, you couldn't trust another human that you didn't know. Could they come from a different tribe? Were they going to steal your food? Could, mm. Did they have bad intentions? Mm. And as this went on, we developed these different systems and structures to make this make life possible. We developed uh, rules and laws and then people to enforce that and institutions at growing and growing scale to standardize and optimize how our society functions. But it's all based off of those universal ideas. So now that we go through this technology shift where some of these like, fundamental ideas of how humans interact, of what you can and can't do, what's possible and what's not possible, that's all being shook up right now. And we're so early that we don't even really know. Like even the thought leaders in this space don't quite know all of the different use cases or how this could evolve. And if we go back to um, just, just for an analogy here, if we look at something like the birth of Web2, the Internet of Information, the, the first iteration of these peer-to-peer -peer connections, um, something like Napster, was <laughs> revolutionary. Yet, in reflection, is still something that's archaic compared to what we have now as this yeah. tech has evolved in, in just a decade. So how, how does the landscape of distributed ledger technology evolve over the next decade as all the world's money and power gets into play? As we see trillions and trillions of dollars of established companies with billions of dollars of disposable income to create new products and push solutions to market, how do we see competition and innovation arise? How do we see humanity interact with this technology? And then what's the product? That's what's exciting, man. It is. It's, and and I, I I I think you are absolutely on the money, especially because if, if we look at generations, um, I mean computers have been around for a while, internet's been around for a while, but the the evolution of the tech has been 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 been, been so rapid. We we talked about this before we started recording. Um, human biology can't keep up. I mean the evolution that that, that took us here. Um, it's, 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 it's not going to continue uh, or it's not going to accelerate but people learn quickly and, 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 and what, what I think we're seeing now is that maybe the millennials and the generation that came after that I was forget if that's the, the X or the Y or whatever but, but those are actually brought up with all that tech and they are the ones that actually um well, know how to handle that, that in my book. I don't know if I, if I said it correctly, um, but they can actually 
um, to, to many of them that I, that I spoke with, um, interacting online with people is the same as interacting in real life. While I still desire talking to people in real life and, and quote unquote holding hands, um, for, for them online is kind of the same. It's a little bit of the, the board Ape Yacht Club thing. Um, and those guys are going to pick it up. And that's why I think it's very interesting that you said that other people are going to kind of build stuff. And the thought leaders right now are probably arguably um, people quote, my, my generation. Um, they don't know. Gilbert doesn't know. Gilbert also says, um, we'll build a platform. That's what we can. That's what we do. Because the, the generation that's going to innovate right now, they don't have money. <laughs> so, so, so the generation before that needs to build. And, and they need to make it so that the, the, the younger generation could actually start creating on that. Is, is that a little bit of a continuation of what you just said, Hungarian? Yeah, and it's I'm reflecting on, I think I just covered four different topics that really mm -hmm. don't relate to each other much at all. So I <laughs> uh, apologize for making you guys try to cover my sporadic ideas. But yeah, it's it's just really exciting. I mean, something that I've thought about ever since I was a kid is that if I could be, like, if I was of the right age during the birth of the internet, that I would have been highly involved with it. I would have been basically doing what I'm doing in crypto right now. And I've thought, I've reflected on this, especially as I got into investing as I got older, and I began to realize the financial element of that type of opportunity. And for the last, I don't know, probably four or five years or so before I got into crypto, I was constantly trying to find different types of technological innovations. And I was all mostly with stocks in the beginning. Started with mm. everything from different types of renewable energy sources uh, to some really interesting innovations in uh, energy production and storage, uh, photovoltaic, like so flexible solar panels, just some different types of technological innovation, just trying to find the next big thing. Mm. And when I was introduced to crypto, in particular, the ideas behind what crypto represents, that's when this all clicked to me. And that's been the rabbit hole that I've been in for the last two years. So these ideas, they're really hard to follow. They're, they're really abstract. And if you're newer to the crypto, you're probably already tuned out at this point because it's, it's <laughs> really tough to follow some of this stuff. Yeah. But I guess there's a reason why you see so many people that get introduced to these ideas, get excited and stay. I mean, I don't know of many people that get truly introduced to the, like the core concepts of what this technology can do and then turn away. I think yeah. almost exclusively people dive deeper and deeper into They get fanatical. And then due to part of this paradigm shift we're talking about, uh, be it ownership, be it how value interacts, I mean, there, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. But due to essentially the new rules of how this new internet works, there is much more financial opportunity for the average user and that we see reflected uh, in, in a few different ways but like fundamentally what it comes down to is um, a a permissionless network has to have the value of the token secured to operate so when we look at like these open crypto models uh, sorry to interrupt you here for yeah. a bit your uh, your audio is a bit off i mean Sounds a bit robotic. If we're loud and clear, now you're in a tin can across the room. Let's, uh, is that any better? Nope. No. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Indeed. How about now? No, still shit. <laughs> let's say, uh, let's, let, let's pause this for a bit. Tim. Yeah. Three, sure. two, one, pause. Okay. So we're back. Audio is fixed. Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll summarize really quick, but I, I keep going back to these ideas because really that's what excites me about crypto. Um, I, th I think I was covering the speculator portion of like why these tokens have value yeah. because um, you know, you, you see a lot of volatility in crypto. You see a lot of things that probably shouldn't have the value they're supposed to um, do things, but you also see other displays of value that I think are really worth noting. And it's actually, it's very relatable to what we're going to talk about here shortly with Coinbase and, and some potential utility. But if you break it down, the reasons why these tokens have value is not just so you can trade them. It's not just to, to speculate. Uh, there's actually a very fundamental reason of why these tokens have to have value and why us as retail have to have access to them. And it has to do with securing a, permissions, a permissionless network. If we look at an open peer-to-peer -peer network like Bitcoin or Ethereum or any number of other uh, networks, the network is secured by some form of consensus, be it uh, node operators or you know, validators or you know, whatever form of consensus that particular um, tech is using. But the idea is that the people that are distributed and securing the network are doing so because they have an incentive. And that incentive comes in the form of the token on the network. Now, if that token was not an attractive thing to have, it's not something, then, then the security and incentive for people to operate this network across the world in a trustless manner, it's not there. So if, if we look at something like, um, like Bitcoin as an example, if Bitcoin wasn't an attractive store of value, then miners wouldn't contribute the money and the energy to mining it. But because it is, there's incentive for them to mine, which means the network is incentivized to be secured. And it's all part of a network that is properly designed. In fact, there's actually a really cool thread um, by Ari Paul on um, the, the blockchain business model. In fact, I can, I can send this to you if you want via DM if you want to post it uh, over the video. But basically, they break mm -hmm. down the different roles you play. And essentially, as a speculator, the way it works is um, it starts with an idea. You have a team of founders that has an idea and they have vision and they put their energy into this vision to start building something. And then you see investors, you see retail, the speculators, they say, Hey, that's a good idea. I believe in that. So I'm going to put my money behind that. I'm going to invest, put my economic capital energy essentially into this product and sustain the value. So the network can be secured and helping stabilize incentive for these validators to secure the network. So now we have a group of people with a vision and ideas that's contributing their energy to building the network. And we have a group of people that's contributing their money to secure the value of the token. And then a group of people that is contributing their um, consensus power, however you want to look at that, depending on what the, the network is. And they, they're working together, but it's still not a closed system because until the applications start being developed on a network, which roll it to users that drive the utility in, um, it's, it's not a fully, like the, the flywheel isn't fully set in motion. 
So once you have things that are built on the network that cause demand for the token, what that does is the network usage creates scarcity for the token, which in turn drives value, which keeps the value stable for the validators and also incentivizes people to speculate. So I, I hope that made sense, but essentially without that mechanic, the like none of this would be possible, at least in this like open peer-to-peer -peer environment. Yep. Um, so when we talk about um, quant utility here momentarily, we talk about it from a place of <laughs> at least relative objectivity. Um, a properly designed utility token and a properly designed network will have the token increase in scarcity relative to the network effects or relative to the usage of the network. Now we could look at this a couple different ways. We've got uh, Metcalf's law is probably the most common um, example of this, but there's other ways of looking at the relationships between network value and network usage. The universal truth is that the usage drives the value of the network, depending on, I mean, you I can even look at it from like, well, you can even look at it in like legacy models too. Like it doesn't even have to have a token. The network value itself is just valuable due to the connections. If you have more people on a network that are connecting, it's worth more money. It'd be like, if you wanted to put your video, like let's say you made a, a movie and you wanted to just release it on some random blog post that you started versus if you wanted to release it on Netflix. Well, Netflix is a really valuable network because they have millions and millions of people connected to it. And that also then multiplies over time. So like network value in relation to usage is a universal concept. The token layer is just something else that we're kind of adding onto this. Yes. Yeah. I think so is that, the, uh, is that the transition to Coinbase? Uh, perhaps, perhaps. Just thinking about all you just said and the... Uh, <laughs> I was still thinking about mindsets and then we just moved now, into paradigm shifts. Now I know I have Tim fuels. <laughs> and, and now we, huh? No, no, it's, it's, it's fine because you have the same way of thinking as I do. Always when I try to explain something, I start with this broader trend that is happening. I'm just trying to process what you just kind of said there. Um, but to I, make it more understandable for, for listeners and the people who actually um, watch our videos on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, a question I get asked a lot is, for example, with Metcalf's law, um, like the, the, so the, the, the value of the network is, is being determined by the amount of transactions on the network, but they really question like, how does that transfer to, to the value of Q&T? And uh, those are two separate things in a way because you also just said that you don't necessarily need the token and you still generate the value so no uh, that's that, that's not what he's yeah that is what he said it's not what he meant in the context of of quant because for for quant overledger overledger network you always need the token otherwise the network simply doesn't work because the token yeah. is needed that's the True. tokenomics um for securing and um and, and writing signing staking all those things so 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 the network doesn't work by design by design that's an important feature without the token um you could create overledger without a token then you call it microsoft windows then you can just buy a license get a license key and then everybody mm -hmm. will pirate the shit out of your software um and and, and you want to get paid and and it will not be as secure 
I mean, True. It, it, yeah. it, it, stripping the coin away will, 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 will compromise the network in the case of quant at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I understand it is that at some level, um, it's will always be needed. And then you can break things down and you can, you can create an environment to where users don't necessarily need to interact with that. But somewhere up the chain, it's connected yeah. and interoperating through Overledger. So like that's that's kind of how I see this all ending. Like, yeah, every single person's not going to have a wallet. Every single person's not going to be signing transactions in the blockchain. Of course not. And that's um, beauty. But, and that's why it's going exactly. to. No, but that's why it's going to work. Like, so Oracle. I mean, this oh, man. I get so excited over this stuff. Uh, <laughs> Oracle is one of the world's largest technology companies. Uh, the amount of people that daily use an Oracle product, be it Oracle Cloud, Oracle Fusion, uh, so many major enterprises use critical infrastructure through Oracle. It's just absolutely insane to think about how many users they have. So the way that something like this might work is, let's say, so we have Quant and Oracle that are direct partners working very close together. And we could see a couple things happen from this. We see Quant uh, directly with Oracle releasing a suite of products. And these would be like Oracle core products. So Oracle blockchain um, is, is an example of something like this. We know that Overledger is directly integrated into the core of Oracle blockchain platform, providing interoperability for anybody who uses the platform. Absolutely insane. I mean, like that's game over right there. Um, but <laughs> it's a very, very also, um, well-known phrase because that's the exact same phrase that was also used to promote SIA. The SIA Nexi consortium was a uh, topic of uh, discussion in the in the Quamfi Lounge today. Um, Overledger is also integrated into their core infrastructure. So people from the Quamfi Lounge hearing this, it's the same with Oracle. Um, please continue, Hungarian. Well, that's a great example, man, because SIA, um, you know, Nexi Group, I guess if we want to get technical, yeah. SIA... Uh, has merged with Nexi and then Nets also. So these three fintech organizations now uh, represent the largest fintech organization in Europe. Hmm. And through Quant, there's, and this, we only know a few things about this, but just of the things we know about, um, one product that's coming through this partnership, Spunta. So again, this is one product that's coming from one partnership. Uh, Spunta does more volume in a year than Ethereum did in all of 2020, which is a pretty enormous fact to, to wrap your head around. We hear we have just one product from one quant partner and one use case that represents more volume than the entirety of Ethereum saw in 2020. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. So we, we bring it back to Oracle and we look at um, like, how does this maybe relate to the QNT token? Because, yeah, that's obviously, that's a large name. That's a huge partnership. But what does that actually mean? Well, so we have the core integration. We have, like, these core products. Gilbert's talked about how they're they're working closely on, on new product releases. And we'll probably see some of these first major partners, um, Nexi included. Uh, it's actually, I think it's called, like, Nexi or um, Sia Suite or Nexi Suite. But... Um, these large partners are going to release overledger powered products that are the core kind of flagship products that release to their customers. So you can have multiple levels of usage. Then you have a layer removed. 
where you have these platforms that are hosted on these products. So whether like it's like Oracle Cloud is an example of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have hundreds of thousands of different businesses that are connected to Oracle Cloud. And in doing so, they get access to applications on the OVN. They get access to everything that every quant partner brings to the table. So everything that, like, let's say City brings or everything that um, any other large bank brings to the table, their regulatory services, their financial services, lending protocols, like everything that develops in the established world um, for these quant partners will be offered on the OVN as different microservices, as different applications and things you can interact with. So we have like these different bubbles of environments that are all in some way, somewhere along the line, powered by Overledger. So to, to get back to the very first part of the question, could there be an environment created that doesn't require the token? Like, yeah, technically you, you could extrapolate a lot of this stuff and you can make really controlled environments. You could do stuff off chain, like anything could be going down there far enough. But that's actually why we're so excited about Quant because Quant isn't going after partnerships. Quant isn't going after single use cases or single um, products and, and partnerships. What they're doing is they're building infrastructure and the infrastructure they're building operates at the absolute highest level uh, in, the, in the internet stack. So because of that, for this type of stuff to happen at scale, it's, it's really the only way to, to do some of this stuff right now. So even if you want to extrapolate and you want to build um, different models, it's like, let's say you wanted to build a play to earn game, but you didn't want to, you wanted to have, um, you want to have the, the NFTs or the characters, those are on the blockchain, but you don't want to have the game on the blockchain because it adds complexity and it adds friction for your users. You could totally build your, your game in like an off-chain model, repeat, just like a web-based game, but you have to sync your wallet to it. And then that unique NFT or whatever then, then connects to your different blockchain and, and then has different layers. So I, I guess a really long way of saying is like, yeah, technically there can and, and will be environments where that is the case. It doesn't matter because Quant is at such a core infrastructure level that usage of the token um, is, is designed. And yeah. it, it is inevitable. Um, in fact, if, if you guys don't know this, um, you listeners haven't heard this before, Paola Tasca is one of the co-founders of Quant. Mm-hmm. And he is basically one of the, the big brains behind the inception of, of what Quant is today. And he actually has gone on to write several books and research papers all about blockchain economics, uh, token models, uh, all about the finer details of what people talk about, maybe are concerned about. So we, we see these ideas come up at a, at a very low level in, in these crypto communities where people talk about, oh, is, is the token needed? Or how do we know that this is going to be a, um, a good investment? And, and that speculative um, perspective is, is very logical when you look at the current climate environment for crypto. Mm. When you look at what most crypto tokens represent, even most like seemingly utility tokens, what, what they represent. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> So here comes the quant. We have people that have been trained through a product of their environment to think and feel this way. That makes sense. So what we're trying to do here is illustrate the difference. What quant is, it it really is like probably the first large-scale infrastructure application of blockchain technology into the real world. Like 
Yeah. Uh, there, there's a couple yeah. other crossovers we could look at, but um, for for the most part, this this is something that is just fundamental to to this evolution of tech itself. There, there's there's something that I, I I want to talk about also today. Um, I don't think that now is the right time, but otherwise I might forget it or it keeps just bouncing around through my head. The discussion today in the Quam Finance regarding SIA um, ended, um, as it always does. In But okay, if SIA has a thousand banks and overletters integrated into their core infrastructure and it is live and transacting and nothing works without the token, how is it then possible that token price is still shit? And um, I don't know how to explain. Um, besides, uh, trust me, bro. Um, and I can understand that the, the licensing fees are most likely hidden. And we're going to look into this uh, in, in a bit. But the, the transactions on the network and, and all that stuff, if it all requires Q&T, how few mm -hmm. or how many Q&T are then needed for the day-to-day -day operations? And to what extent can we uh, call that bullish. Does does my, my 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 case make a little bit of sense? Yeah, and it's it's a really good question too because rightfully so. I think it's one of the most core pieces of information that we need right now to be able to see like this full picture. Yes, and it's tough to answer because we don't have those answers. Yes. We we have ways that we can speculate. We have things that we can maybe deduct from things yes. that we do understand, but largely right now we we don't have the full piece of uh, of information exactly. now we do know that in a couple months there's going to be a website change which sounds like it's going to come a lot it's going to accompany uh, a couple changes in maybe the way information is presented the type of information presented with a heavy focus on uh, developer tools and things like that i think it would be logical that we see more insight into how that works on the back end too mm -hmm. uh, the, the reason I took the time to cover the value of the token earlier is because it, for me, it, it addresses this core concern at such a fundamental level that it's not even a concern anymore oh. because a properly designed network will increase in scarcity as, as, it, as it's used. Like if it's not, then it doesn't work right. And oh. to, to, to say that would basically mean that we, we had to take this team for quant these enterprise and government officials that have been in, operating at, at the sea level in some biggest organizations in the world for decades. I mean, th these aren't random crypto startups. These aren't just some, you know, random dude coming in who's making wild claims and, and trying to pump his token price. This but, is, but, but they are like, Hungarian. It's all fake. It's, yeah, it's, right? it's a deep fake. I mean, Gilbert, Gilbert has been has been clowning around his entire career. I read and, and stop it. He's it's 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 all. I'm a going long to con. cut your mic, Yarno. It's a long con. No, they're uh, actually all lizard people. That's that's what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, world's wow. Wow. But <laughs> if I can add something here, um, I've really been talking that much this episode, rightfully so, perhaps. But I think. Yeah, you really make a point there with, with the, the, the way we as crypto investors are trained to think about a new investment. It, it just We just assume it's a rug pull from yeah. the start usually or that it is 
it will pump and then dump at some point. So it, it, it's a completely different way of, of, of well approaching investing. And now also in this project uh, that I'm working on, I'm writing a piece on Quant. I've been given the honor to uh, well make my case for uh, us as a community. You're going to spill the beans. One of these episodes, in yeah, your excitement, you're going to spill the beans. Yeah, yeah, and you're going to dox you're, yeah. you're doing it for, my man. No, no, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, one of the kind of the red lines that runs through the story is that you need to fundamentally rethink the way you see crypto. My point there is, it kind of aligns with what you were saying, is that we are seeing this paradigm shift where um, a new technology is going to disrupt uh, the way it has been done before. And we saw this, um, well, the last time we saw this was around the turn of the century uh, during the dot-com bubble. So in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then what we saw was there was a new technology. Um, and well, somehow everything that was related to that technology would, as a stock, would become successful. That, that was what people thought. Well, that wasn't how it ended. But we did see some companies surviving that and they became the dominant players. And the technology did indeed change everything after it. So my point is that you can't predict which stocks or which cryptos are now going to win the race, but you can make an assumption of which companies or which projects are going to properly kind of make a product that, that kind of Perform actually well. uses, yeah. performs. Yeah, yeah I, me exactly. I'm about to start a whole new coffee rant. Yeah, well... <laughs> take take it from me. Then uh, my rusty English. Uh, we have a we have a native speaker on the episode, so uh, do whatever you need. <laughs> I'll, I'll do this in Dutch in the in the in the summary next week. <laughs> it's all yours, man. Take it away. Well, you know you're you're absolutely dead on. Um, <laughs> it's it's just so unbelievably exciting to to think about how much this is going to change and. And what this is actually going to look like. Um, I, I actually, I was right in the middle of one other thing I was about to talk about. Can you give me one more sentence on what you last covered so I can get back to my train of thought? Sure. Uh, me? Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I basically said that people do recognize as investors that there is this paradigm shift. So that there is a new kind of technology uh, being adopted. But, but as investors, we can't really predict or at least we try to predict which project or which stock is going to win that race. Uh, and, and, and well, the, the case is that, that you can't really predict that before, but you can make an assumption of which companies are most likely going to become dominant because they, are, they will excel at some point. Well, in, in the, during the dot-com bubble, it was Google because it brought the entire internet together. It was Microsoft. They, they already had an operating system that was widely being used. Amazon, just by being really competitive, they actually managed to become the dominant web shop. While there were many more web shops, and only Amazon managed to do it. So you really need to find that niche in one company that excels and is a market leader from the start. And mm -hmm. that's where Quant is so special because it, it has introduced this product it, it, uh, it, since 2015. They've been developing for years, so they have a huge first mover advantage. Yeah. And they, well, presents this new product, which hasn't been done before. And it actually is at that point where we need it because it brings all those networks together, just like Google did during the dot-com bubble. 
It's a force multiplier. Hmm? It's a force multiplier. I really love that term. Exactly. Yeah. Does that help you, know, you Hungarian? <laughs> no, you, you you bring up such a good point. Um, for for crypto investing right now, I think that most people that have money inside crypto believe in the future of crypto. Now, whether they understand some of the more core principles and they're looking at it from like an ideological perspective or they see um, the the larger trends of the amount of energy that's just going into the space, maybe they understand the use cases. Like for whatever reason, most people in crypto uh, generally agree that the future of the space is, is solid. The uncertainty is that what is that going to look like? What companies are going to be the ones that make it through? And we look at innovation objectively. Um, innovation dictates that there will always be a newer, better, faster thing. So we look at these blockchain networks. Um, how much has the landscape changed in even the last two years? We look at where we're at in going into 2020 and where we're at now. We have so many different blockchains that are coming out with unique value propositions, with um, unique ways of achieving interoperability or scaling or just different functions they can do. We see evolutions um, in what this technology can do come in the form of trends. We're seeing the, the whole life of what NFTs can be playing out throughout our very eyes right now, starting with expensive JPEGs going all the way to like security token offerings and digitalized real estate and fully tokenized Internet of Things. And, you know, we're, we're on that path right now. So quant as as an investment thesis is really exciting because it allows us um, basically kind of like having an index fund in crypto so quant overledger is technology agnostic it doesn't matter what connect what blockchain is connected to or really any network um, that that's a whole different topic that we'll have to cover like what can quant do outside of blockchain what can quant do outside of dlt because there's well, an entire world of possibilities that we have barely even begin to discuss it really is any to any yeah but <laughs> so quant overledger is, is technology agnostic what that means is that this technology is able to be used and is able to connect to any other technology so whether it's um, a blockchain network that exists right now whether it maybe it's um, an adapt that, that needs to utilize some portion of the OVN, or maybe it's something that isn't even out yet you know we don't know what blockchain is going to be out in, in two, three, four years. And especially as we start to see the legacy players get involved with the amount of resources and energy they have, I have no doubt that they're going to want to get um, a, a part of the, the part of the pie that's going on right now. Like but why would we risk. not see IBM and honestly like Oracle and Microsoft released consumer friendly DLT products that are, are much easier and accessible. Like, Nobody really knows what that's going to look like. So with Quant, because it isn't it isn't bound to any individual technology, it's what we call future-proof, meaning that no matter what happens, it can still be used. And, and fundamentally right now, it's the only way to do this stuff. So even amidst all of this landscape of innovation and all of the money and energy that's going into blockchain, something that Gilbert did and team six, seven, eight years ago is, is something that hasn't even been replicated yet. And they've spent the last seven or eight years perfecting and refining the process and connecting to institutions and consortiums across the world and, and aggregating the best possible talent. Like it's, it's, it's quite exciting to think about.
But I, I guess to, to really boil it down, simply put, um, quant, the future of quant is not reliant on the success of any one individual blockchain. And owning QNT is akin to uh, if you were able to go back in time into the dot-com boom and facing all of the uncertainty that that held, if you were able to buy an index fund that held all of the web companies that accrued value relative to the usage of all of those networks, that's the bet we make with QNT right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what I want to add to Hungarian is, is when I broke in um, on, on the smaller businesses, um, the, the legacy businesses that, 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 that going to want a piece of the DLT and the blockchain pie. Um, quant is the force multiplier because it creates that the level playing field because you can get an overledger license for every um, size company if you're a Fortune 500 or you're just a startup. And, and, and you can um, you can interoperate with all the bigger systems, or if you're already a company that exists and you have a legacy system, you could just try DLT stuff out, and um, you won't have to lock in, you won't have the hardware requirements, and all the shit that comes um, with with upgrading or potentially even uh, even upgrading, meaning that um, there's 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 way less risk into trying to optimize and innovate your company. And, and, and what you see now is that, that Quant is, is, is kind of like the bankster company um, that are um, working with, with the enemy, the governments and the enterprises and all of that stuff. Um, but if, if eventually it, it will trickle down to, to the smaller businesses and they will also benefit, especially from, um, from Oracle and the AWS and those type of partnerships, what do you think small business owners, if they can um, use Overledger and make use of the, uh, the services of Nexi, I don't know, of Nex, yeah, Nexi, I'm, I'm not sure if it works that way, but... A couple it, of it, episodes back, we were talking about Mexican coffee farmers, and I was mocking yeah. it, but then, yeah, that's the impact you have, so everyone yeah. gets connected to the network one way or another. Overledger on and, a chip, on a cell phone, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, let's fucking go. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, where was your train of thought? That <laughs> can, yeah, Welcome to the show, team. Hungarian. This is how yeah. we roll. <laughs> this is how, uh, but it goes between me and Jarno. I love uh, it. Yeah. No, but that's that's the idea that everyone can just use the network without yeah. even knowing that you use the network. Um, and if you look at how things operate now, it's really not too different. The oh. like the retail single use cases, these whether it's a small business or an individual, these people don't go to like this absolute technology source. They're not working directly with the company that that builds the technology for these larger technology companies. They work with an intermediary, and it's usually these large like publicly um, these large public companies that are part of our life, like um, Microsoft and Amazon and Oracle, you know, but. Like those companies don't necessarily do everything in house. Um, and they also, they, their goal is not necessarily to work in the direct, like to consumer environment. The, like the majority of their business is, is in larger um, B2B applications that then trickle down to a larger network of users. I mean, like fundamentally, this is all just like networks, yeah. like whether it's a network of a business, a network of blockchain, like, there's some really interesting crossover. Yeah, and consumers consume a lot of resources, 
a lot of energy. And if you want to be an innovator like Quant, you, in my mind, do not want to interact with the man on the street. If you don't have to, you'd rather have somebody else do that. So you deliver your product to someone else. Somebody else can then handle um, yeah, the man on the street, so to speak. So you can- There's a quote from Gilbert. Um, it's, it's regarding Sia. It's actually one of my favorite quotes. Um, he talks about what, CIA, what the, the impact of the Sia partnership really is. And I'm pulling it up real quick so I can actually just read it verbatim. But um, it, it, it aligns with the strategy that we're talking about here. It's what, about what the XRP Quant- thing as well, right? Uh, not, not that one. Huh. But what Quant is doing is they're going to the very source. Yeah. They're going to the, the very entities that create the standards of how the world is working. They're going to the largest corporations and entities that by several extensions basically influence nearly everything in the world. Yeah. Um, it's, I know it's, it's kind of cliche to use superlatives, especially in the, in the crypto space and in reference to future, you know, forward looking value. But there's a reason why we're all here talking about it. I mean, Jarno, there's a reason why you and I have been talking back and forth about quant for like two years now. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why we have these community members that for no money, you know, for no personal gain outside of just the passion of wanting to share something they love, put countless hours into talking about stuff like this. We're narcissists and psychopaths, and we are, what was the article again? Machiavellians? So that's the reason. It's all ego, man. That was such a joke. Um, (laughs) Really, really strange perspective on that. Like, um, I entertained it as usual. (laughs) I actually, I didn't realize that the article was submitted as a serious perspective. Yes. Um, (laughs) But so I've got the, the quote right here. So this is from Gilbert. Uh, and he says, well, not many people understand the scale of, of Sia. It's one of the world's largest financial infrastructures that connects central banks, commercial banks, financial institutions, and governments. Yeah. If you think of any bank globally, they, they are already connected to CIA-Net. They all have access to Sia chain and now to Overledger. It would have taken us 20 plus years just to meet half of those clients. We've gained access to all of them. And this is from 2020. This is pre-Nexi, pre-Nets merger, like pre-all of this stuff happening. So here we have in 2020, Gilbert talking about giving a little bit of insight, saying that here's this partnership that we have that at its core connects us to every bank in the world. So maybe this isn't the most clear way for us initially. Maybe this isn't the easiest way for us to understand. (laughs) How easy do you want it? I'm sorry. from a yeah. strategic perspective, like yeah. this is like candy chess. Gilbert is so far ahead in the integrations and partnerships that he's solving problems at such a high level, people haven't even recognized what he's doing yet. Like he essentially, Quant has in, in near silence, full stealth mode, <laughs> launched a company from a tech startup to what will soon be, what I believe will be a globally known tech company. Oh. And it's another one-hit wonder because he then took the same formula and he applied it to Oracle. They got an Oracle certification. So now all their 430,000-ish customers have access to Overledger. Same shit. Lack chain. How do you connect an entire continent in one go? 
blockchain. This is right. really interesting. I'm not sure if we've talked about this or that I had that I read it somewhere because during my part on the piece on, on quantum writing right now, uh, I, I was reading a bit about startups, how they work, how they how can they become successful. I think in one of those articles, it was stated that you need to build in silence first so that the competition has no idea what you're doing. And that's yeah. literally what Quant has done. They've, Gilbert always knew that this was an issue. He didn't tell any... Well, he, he told people by establishing those standards. Obviously. Would you pl- please sign on the dotted line? This is an NDA? Yeah. No, but they, 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 they built the company just in silence first before doing the ICO and stuff. It's yeah. so brilliant. Yeah. So interesting. So, token not needed. Utility not happening. <laughs> Hungarian, this is the bridge. <laughs> if, 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 if you are ready, are, are you ready? I, are you? I am ready for some dubious speculation. Okay. Ooh, juicy. Okay. So juicy as, you, as you can see, I shared my screen and I am uh, giving you Ziflor. Let me know if I need to scroll down or zoom in or something like that. I will try and oblige. And I'd love to um, to hear you, um, yeah. Take take the reins and, and and let us know what you found. Yeah, let's do it. Well, right. first off, uh, for anyone who's joining us uh, by skipping to this timestamp, welcome. You're, we're about to go through some pretty exciting information. Uh, prefacing this first and foremost, this is nothing more than speculation. I want to be very clear with that. I don't have any insider information. I don't have anything um, that is definitive in this. This is simply looking at the information that we see on chain. We're looking at previous things that have been said, be it by Gilbert or by quant partners. And we're using deductive reasoning to try to understand what we're seeing uh, both on chain, as well as some of the things that are happening um, with the relationships between partners and some of the strategic moves they are making. So with that said, uh, it goes without saying, this is not financial advice, uh, just some maybe irresponsible speculation, but it's a lot of fun. So let's get going. Dubiously quantifiable speculation. You like that? <laughs> I, just, I just saw this. It's amazing. Thank you, man. <laughs> and thank you for being here. Oh, man, I'm so happy to be here. I, I mean, you already know, I spent all day in crypto already and being able to share ideas and talk about things that I enjoy so much with like-minded people. I couldn't think of a better way to spend the day. So what what are we talking about today? What we're talking about is potential utility. We have noticed some behaviors and some things that have happened on chain over the last six months or so that have continued to occur that are worth talking about. Um, We don't know definitively what this stuff means, but as I walk you through the timeline of what's happened, what we've seen, and some of the additional maybe background information. It'll be something you can come to on your own conclusions. I'll share my own perspectives, and uh, we'll speculate together. So about just over six months ago, Quant was listed on Coinbase, and shortly afterward, pumped to its all-time high. Many of you probably remember this. It was a very good time, very exciting time. Now, toward the end of, uh, toward the end of this pump, we are at the... 400 and plus dollar mark, we started to see some unique behavior. There were two sequential Sundays where the price of QNT was driven by the volume on Coinbase. 
the volume on Coinbase spiked. And what we saw was linear buy pressure throughout the day. So what I mean by that is we saw um, constant buy pressure for two weeks on two Sundays where Q&T was bought off the open market at a fixed rate. And it didn't matter what the price was. It wasn't something you see with traditional trading with market makers, with other stuff. This was very much just um, Q&T being purchased at a fixed rate for a period of time. Uh, and this happened for two weeks in a row. If you look historically, if you want to send me a, a DM, I can give you more of like the specific links and timestamps and dates. But to keep things simple, we'll go high level for today. Now, on those days, we also noticed something else. Quant was sent, so QNT tokens were sent from Coinbase to various cold wallets using um, batch sends. So in the course of one or two minutes, there would be several dozen automated transactions sent out. And these transactions would all contain the same amount of QNT and would be sent to various wallets with nothing else in them. So no Ethereum and no other tokens. And the, these wallets would add over time with matching amounts. So that is noteworthy because we don't often see this type of behavior. Um, but typically, was that? An argument was that Coinbase does this with many other tokens. Examples given, LCX, ZCX, I think, and, 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 and some others. Yeah, with uh, ERC-20 tokens, you can see similar behavior on Coinbase. So that's okay. actually the, the, the biggest kind of hole in, in this theory. And, and there's a lot more that backs up why this is unique. We'll, we'll cover here shortly, but it is something cool. that's worth addressing. Uh, that behavior can be seen with other ERC-20 tokens, though nothing near the magnitude of what we're seeing with quants. Um, and when I say behavior, what I'm saying is not the, the buy pressure, but just the, the cold wallet storage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... When we look at Etherscan, and this is what you're seeing on your screen right now, there, there's two shots. If you go to the quant wallets and you, you search by the top holders, starting around wallet 90, you'll start to see um, wallets that have the same exact amount of QNT down to the matching decimal points all the way through. And then when you look in those wallets, the, the second image there, that's just um, the, the transactions inside one of those wallets listed above. And what you'll see is, those same batch sends are referred to with matching numbers of QNT sent to these various wallets. And if you dive through Etherscan, there's pages and pages of this. And it's the behavior has changed a couple times. Like a, they used to use intermediary wallets and now it goes direct from Coinbase. So this is like now it's easier to find because it's actually labeled under the Coinbase wallet. But, um, that can be seen across the top 1,000 wallets. If you look through basically any wallets that have matching amounts of QNT um, are almost exclusively these Coinbase wallets. So pretty easy to find. And uh, John, if you want to go ahead to the, the next set of images here, I have just another screenshot showing another group of wallets with similar transactions. This is a newer one. So you see that they're sourced from the actual Coinbase wallet. It's a lot easier to see on Etherscan. But what's interesting is that over the last 290 days, uh, all of these wallets have accumulated a total of 1.5 million QNT tokens, which if we use million value, QNT tokens, which is over 10% of the supply, <laughs> and at time of um, acquisition represents over $1 billion. 
So that in and of itself is noteworthy. I mean, 10, over 10% of the supply um, in, in this one particular method coming from one particular exchange is, is very interesting. Now, we, we could look at this a couple of different ways because, it, yeah, maybe this, this could be just um, institutional custody or, or maybe that this is some type of um, just cold storage or, or internal storage. But is it possible that, 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 that just Coinbase clients like us just bought a total of, of, of one and a half million Q&T tokens and that this is just Q&T held for, for us DGENs? It's possible, but that would also imply that there's zero outflows. So over the last nine months, let's think of even the last six months, let's think about what's happened. We, we've experienced substantial market um, declines. We've seen mm. universally uh, poor sentiment across every crypto community. We've seen fear and panic selling and capitulation. And in, in no way to, to even season investors, what I consider the like microclimate of crypto, uh, mm-hmm. and it's certainly not the macroclimate of the world right now, to be a bullish and like strong place to stand uh, for, for investing. So if you're, we want to check this, like why would how how do you buy 1.5 million QNT tokens without sending any of them, without selling any of them? You're mm-hmm. telling me that every single investor, uh, whether this is private custody, whether this is institutional custody, whether this is even just uh, retail storage, you're telling me that all of these people didn't sell a single QNT token? That doesn't make any sense. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit of a devil's advocate here, and, and give some, give some, some. Um, well, so that now we're left in a, a little bit situation. more. <laughs> we're, we're left in a weird situation. So yeah. we have Coinbase with 1.5 million QNT. And John, if you want to go to that chart that I have, uh, this is actually put together by a, com- a community member, Sebastian, who painstakingly went through the on-chain data. And uh, aggregate a little bit more, see if we can get it. Yeah, the Coinbase line is on the far left. Sebastian is great with uh, this, by the way, the, those tables. It's, it's amazing. He's done the same with uh, the release schedule of the updates. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's, Back to you. it's really impressive. The amount of energy and talent across this community. I mean, you guys are perfect testament to this. And people are in so many different ways, contributing to the larger vision of, of what's going on here. It's, it's super exciting to see and, and even more so to be a part of. So Sebastian, shout out to you if you're listening. Uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll share another table later this episode from you too, but that's uh, for later. Hungarian, what are, what, what are we looking at here? So if we see that Coinbase column, what we're seeing is the total amount of QNT in all wallets that are associated with Coinbase. So not even the ones that are marked Coinbase wallets, um, all of the, the wallets that came from Coinbase can be, be sourced here. So there is some outflows, but they're not really happening on these cold wallets. Like obviously Coinbase has hot wallets they use and you, you have outflows that, that come with the standard you know, exchange demands and, and usages. But what we're looking at is the overall aggregate accumulation um, in particular of these cold wallets. So earlier, when you, when you asked that question, you know, facetiously, of course, but but worth saying, like maybe this is just people buying QNT tokens and holding it. Maybe this is just private clients and, and, and their internal 
enterprise custody. Sure, it could be, but that would imply that there's like 99.9% buy pressure and virtually zero uh, sell pressure, which just doesn't necessarily make sense uh, for any crypto asset anywhere, doesn't matter what it is. So that's kind of what makes us, that's really the, the first thing that made me really interested in what's going on here. And then over the last couple of months, we've monitored this, we've tracked these wallets and the discussion has continued. And there's been some interesting developments that have kind of come to light. So the, the first thing that I would like to cover before we go into this is why Coinbase is such an exciting place to see this type of behavior on. Because there's more, well, let me, let's just go through it, um, looking at this objectively. So, Jarno, if you want to go to those Gilbert quotes. Perfect. So, Gilbert has discussed the need to work with regulated partners like Coinbase before, and he's talked about how they're critical to the OBN. Now, near the time of the Coinbase Q&T listing, I'm pretty sure it was in the same month, uh, Coinbase released an article stating their intent to build an app store. And around this time, Gilbert also posted an article about um, wanting to work with Coinbase on innovative solutions. Now, as you can imagine, the quant community being the ones we are, uh, we quickly flooded this post connecting the two Quit, uh, quote tweeting and, and I, in fact, I even put in one talking about like how I was thinking Coinbase would do an enterprise remote connector gateway and do uh, real-time staking rewards and just, just all stuff that's like pretty logical when you look at it all. But as you might expect, that tweet was deleted. So what you're seeing here is some screenshots uh, that were archived. Now, there's a lot more than this because recently... You may have heard in the news something about BlackRock getting involved with USDC. So Coinbase is a founding member of Circle, or sorry, Coinbase is a founding member of Center, which is the global organization behind USDC. Um, so Circle, this organization that's, that's powering USDC, is launching a product that allows USDC to be used on multiple chains, connecting payments across the world through a single API. So, Jarno, you want to switch to that. We have some interesting things here. Yeah. One second, because we also have listeners. Um, so I, I, I want to take it quickly back to, to, to the graph and, and tell them what we were seeing on this graph. Because um, you, you see a graph here. It's kind of like an Excel sheet. And um, the, the, the columns in the rows... Um, Columns show the exchange names, Coinbase, Binance, KuCoin, CoinMetro, Bitru, uh, Bitrex, IDEX, Crypto, Uniswap V3, Gemini Bank, or Gate.io, unnamed, and Uniswap V2. And, uh, and the rows represent the dates. And uh, what you can see is numbers. You can see percentage changes for each date. Um, and you can see the, the gross numbers in the rows themselves. And what you can see is that Coinbase starts um, with 1.3 million and ends up with 1.5 million tokens. Binance starts with uh, 600,000, ends up with 850,000, um, and, and, and so on. Um, if you want to see this uh, for yourself, it's, it, it's floating around in the community. You can also see it, obviously, on the YouTube video. Links for, for all the different networks and things are in the description, so make sure to check that out if you are interested. The bottom line is... Um, yeah, only buying more tokens. And, and, and if I can add yes. one thing, uh, Crypto.com is really interesting. They doubled yes. their amounts between uh, December 2021 and February 
2022. Yeah. Doubled from 60, nay, 80, 80k to uh, 160k. Yeah. So, so what you also see here is that the um, the bigger entities are getting more. Yeah. Being the um, so sorry the the Binance, the Coinbase, uh, the Crypto.com, um, Bitrue stayed moderately the same. Um, Coinmetro uh, declined a bit. Those obviously aren't the, the biggest ones. Um, and Uniswap, which is primarily retail, uh, in my mind at least, um, you see on the V3 a slight uh, increase uh, from 15,000 to 16,500 tokens. And on the Uniswap V2, you see a decline of uh, three and a half from 3,500 to um, 2,700. Um, don't know what that's about, but at least it's not an increase, as you see with all the other platforms. Then so an interesting correlation we may be able to make here is the these entities that are accumulating QNT the most are also the ones that are the most heavily regulated. Now, this is implying yeah. that finance is going to bend the knee and go the regulated route, which I, I'm pretty sure they will, provided they can get through that process. Um, <laughs> That's a very big but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they'll, they'll have to, really. Yeah. I mean, every exchange will. Yeah. They have to cut in their ranks, probably, if they want to do so, because the people that have been um, operating Binance in the past, uh, their reputation is not, um, well... <laughs> let's say the suspicions are it's going to make it pretty difficult for them to be trusted ever again yeah it's it's definitely it's it's a whole different topic but with coinbase being the number one place that qnt is accumulated it, it makes this next thing really exciting because you know here we are we're talking about what what could this mean 1.5 million qnt tokens over 10 percent of the supply over a billion dollars of buy pressure with seemingly no sell pressure now if this isn't just investor accumulation, and we've discussed why that probably doesn't make sense. Um, if, if that's not the case, then what else could that be? And, and that's where the, the conversation about potential utility gets really exciting. And that's what we're talking about, the, the fundamentals that, that tie us all in. Why would Coinbase need a billion dollars with a B, a billion dollars of QNT? I mean, I, 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 cert I saw some people talking about this fairly recently and and there were concerns thinking that if, if it requires so much QNT to, to operate an optimal gateway, then how is this feasible? How is this realistic to the average user? But now we see something, now we see BlackRock getting involved. We see the bigger picture coming into play where USDC is seeming like it's going to be like a dominant uh, digital dollar, you know, highly regulated, fully compliant part of the digital infrastructure of the future. And Personally, with, with BlackRock now behind um, USDC, that, that, that pretty much says everything you need to know right there. Is, but is it, that far also what, 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 what was said by, I believe, was it, was it the Fed or JP? I don't know. But, but someone from, 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 from America with a, with a bunch of authority um, has said, or I've read some, something they said about that, that stable coins are going to be part of the system and that they're going to be needing to interoperate Kind of like the synthetic CBDC kind of kind of stuff thing. It's I know I'm just throwing words now, but do do you kind of understand? Remember what I'm getting at? Yeah, I think you're referring to uh, one of, one of the policy papers that came out on, on crypto, and, and the stance in the U.S. was yes. yeah, stable coins are are not going to be going away, but they will be regulated, and they they will be uh, 
part of the ecosystem. So the way it read to me was modifications to well, the existing ecosystem. Really rather, sorry, but I have to pause you here. Uh, your sounds again. Press oh, pause, no. say, you know? Yeah, press pause. Yep. Okay, so there were some audio issues. You were talking about how stable coins in the policy paper um, were actually, um, well, they, they were discussed and it needed to be regulated. Can you please continue, Hungarian? And share the screen, Jorno. Sure. Oh, yeah. So, Thanks, it, I, I don't recall exactly which paper it was, but uh, one of the policy pieces that came out regarding stable coins, yeah, yeah. The, the, the general perspective was one of regulation and integration rather than friction and competition. I think that it's seeming that some, at least some of the current crypto infrastructure is being adapted um, to, to, to run a more critical regulated play or a portion of, of this ecosystem. And right now it's seeming that Circle and, and USDC Center, you know, this entire consortium and in Coinbase too, is going to be one of the major players, um, at least as far as the, the Western approach to this goes. Uh, it's seeming that USDC could very likely even become the digital dollar or part or a digital dollar. I mean, it's it's unclear how this is all going to play out, like what types of currencies, how many different offerings, the the relationship between privately issued stable coins and like sovereign money, like that. That's there's a lot of uncertainty there, but the the point is that USDC is not going anywhere. So why why is this important to Quant? How does this all come? Full circle, uh, pun intended here. Uh, <laughs> ah. So we know that Circle um, is is offering a new product, and that new product sounds very familiar to something we've heard before. So on, on Jarno's screen there, if you see on the far right hand side and uh, in the middle, you see two uh, screenshots that are taken off of the Circle and Center web pages, and it's talking about their new products and their new suite of services, which essentially is a multi-chain USDC stablecoin uh, that operates through a single API on multiple chains. And they're touting it as this universal payment option, this universal payment solution, connecting every person, every merchant, every financial service, every currency, everywhere. Now, that's exactly the same type of communication and value proposition and like technical perspective that we've had and continue to see across Quant and oh, other Quant partners. I thought you were saying XRP. Ah, yes. Well, I mean, XRP is it's definitely going to play a role, but um, like we were talking about earlier, what's exciting about Quant is you're, you, you have such certainty in your bet because you're not betting on any particular sector because you're not betting on any particular reliance of technology. You're, you're not even necessarily betting on any particular path of evolution. You're essentially betting that from now forward, interoperability between various yeah. networks will be needed. Not even yeah. like crypto could go away. DLT could go away and overledger could still be critical infrastructure for the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So, what does all this mean? We've got a, a series of information and, and breadcrumbs, if you will, that lead us back to very core partnerships and, and important partnerships between Quant and Coinbase. We know that Coinbase, um, as a founding member and really like one of the key people 
or, or players behind this is, is directly involved with launching this product. Why would this be important for QNT though? So when we look at something like Overledger, a client using Overledger can host, in, in this case, it would be an enterprise remote connector gateway. Um, think of it like a node. And this, this node that is part of this Overledger network requires QNT to be optimized. And the more QNT on it, the more secure it is, the more the gateway is prioritized, and really just the, the more important it is. So if we see, or if we were to say something like Coinbase is going to be a central hub for Circle and USDC and BlackRock by association to launch a series of critical infrastructure for stablecoins across the entire world, it would make sense that something of that scope would require an enormous amount of stability for the network. Yeah. And at that point, maybe the idea of 1.5 million QNT, or, or really it's, it's all in dollars if, if we want to look at it. So about $1 billion uh, worth of QNT, whether that's one license, whether that's licenses for multiple, like nobody, nobody knows. But um, the idea that such a large dollar amount of QNT can be used for something like this starts to make a lot more sense when you, when you see all these different things in the background connecting. Coinbase has more tokens than the team. Wow. Coinbase has more tokens than the team and, and, and a lot more because the team has, has, has a million left in their founder's wallet. And, and what is it, 100, 100K, 75K? In, I think it just in saw expense? it briefly. I was scrolling through the, the, all the, the Ethereum tracker and on the, on the first page it says the team wallets. Oh, yeah. um, I think it's around 60. Oh, yeah, I have it here. One team wallet, one, 61K. So There's... we have around $7 million left of Q&T in team wallet one. There was a community member in the DAO that voted that had 40k tokens. So the team is now just a regular pleb in, in wallet sizes. <laughs> or it's secretly the team trying to manipulate the DAO. This is a or, whole different cookie. We'll get back to or that. Or are there multiple team wallets or is it just one wallet? I'm not sure about that. No, one. They, they oh. recently consolidated actually a few days that ago. That is they... true. That is true. Yeah, mm. they did that. Yeah, but um, also uh, the, the screenshot. Um, sorry, what what we see here is um, a, a Telegram screenshot as well. On the left hand side, it says by Gilbert Verdian. Let's just say center, and it's um, written with a capital C, and it's spelled C E N T R E, uh, which is um, not common. And underneath, Gilbert wrote center. Same spelling, hub and spoke, uh, to which Ghost of St. Miklos responded with, you could say it's circular, and he um, made the circular slanted. How do you call that in uh, English? Italicized. Italicized. And Gilbert responded to that, you get it, Ghost. Your research and depth of knowledge is commendable. I wanted to do that with a British accent, but I didn't dare to. Um, Yeah. yeah, it's 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 great. It's one of my favorite screenshots as well, and and and, and it's. And this was in a response to a question about the architecture. I, I believe the question you, you can just go up and, and see the source if you need to, but it was a question around 
what role Overledger plays in the architecture um, of, of how this all works out. And it was speculated that quant wasn't necessarily uh, the core of everything, but around everything in like the space in between, if you will. And then that's where Gilbert said, no, let's, let's just call it the center. And then we have the, the unique spelling, the unique references, of course, the reference uh, acknowledging ghosts right there. Yeah. Uh, and then we have all of the different relationships between uh, the other ties that have been talked about with Coinbase. We have their intent to build multi-chain applications we have, or their app store. We have Gilbert talking about working with Coinbase on innovative products. We have the actual like product value proposition coming from these organizations, describing something that is uniquely possible on Overledger. So it, it's certainly just speculation at this point, but that's kind of what we all love so much about Quant. It's just yeah. like this big treasure hunt. And know, we have Gilbert. It's... Gilbert is secretly the Easter bunny <laughs> dropping Easter eggs everywhere. That's got to be the title of the video. Is Gilbert the Easter bunny? <laughs> nah, but he, 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 that, that is that he, he can be such a such a hacker still. I mean, he's dropping hints left and right. Tim found one as well regarding the 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 the, yeah. the, the, the King's College thing. Can you? Can yeah, you, can exactly. You yeah, I can. Also, writing uh, Easter Bunny. No, um, I found that it was in one of his last drop-ins in 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 Maine. Um, I think it was around the end of November, like the 27th or something. He dropped in, uh, scolded us for uh, stopping to ask about gateways and stuff. And I was just going through that message again, uh, like a month ago. And then I discovered that in his message, he, he said that um, the team was really busy and they were also working uh, with a world-class university on... I'm not sure something. exactly how he on yeah. something, but but that was clearly something that related refers to the course. Just the way I can look it up for you if you want. But... And we all thought he was talking about MIT. Yeah, but it had to do with KCL and the but he was blockchain just... developer course. Yeah, yeah. So he was just Easter egging the shit out of that as well, and that is it, it, when you scroll back. There are so many instances where he. Um, I mean, think about it. Think about it. He's he's building his baby, and 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 he's doing it well, and 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 his company is growing and growing and growing, and everything is secret because they're in stealth mode because that is competitively smart, and he 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 can tell anybody. So what does he do? Easter eggs. I'm going to be back in a minute. My daughter is is awake. No, you know, it, it really us, is. Uh... <laughs> it's uh, it's it... so, so strange that we have this opportunity. You know, if you really, if you look at it, but imagine what that must be like for him to, to have created something so enormous and to do things that are quite literally redefining humanity and yeah. how humanity interacts with each other uh, to, to do all these things. And yeah, to not be able to talk about it outside of your, your close team. He's probably more passionate about quant than any of us, yet he can't say anything about it. So yeah. I, I really appreciate what he is able to give us. And without like this type of insight, we, we really wouldn't have the type of speculation even that we do now. And I think that that's something that, at least for, for the people that have been in the community longer, this, this is the kind of stuff that really gives us excitement and conviction for the future. Because we're seeing 
just enough to get a glimpse into what's actually happening. Yeah, I'm going to briefly share my screen to uh, share you what I found. It's here. Uh, it's in a message of Gilbert. Uh, and here, uh, our, our team have been working hard on the new Overledger certification with a world-class university we are looking to launch in the new year. Uh, and everyone saw it and we didn't see it. We, we couldn't interpret what it was and it turned out to be the KCL course. So they keep dropping hints. It, it's so fascinating, really. He wants to scream it from the rooftops. It's a little bit like uh, the, the scene from A Few Good Men. When, when Tom Cruise discovers that he actually gave the code red, Jack Nicholson, and that he wants to say it because he's so proud of what he did, because he's the boss, because he's the man, because of what he created, and, and that they're going to make him say it, well, Gilbert can contain himself sometimes. And that's when he, I think he gives these these type of little things. It's, uh, and here, it. here he does it again, just to give you a sense of the developer market. There are only 200,000 blockchain developers out there, whereas there are 25 million broader software developers in the world. Now, with the knowledge we have at the moment, yeah, that's exactly uh, we know what that was in the tweet, right? Yeah, he said it, and everyone, everyone was just complaining when yeah. gateways, when but when he said it, and I think there's so much if you go back through all the messages. Of stuff that's yet to come and that we've probably been overlooking uh so yeah that was that gilbert the easter bunny yeah yeah um yeah just to go a bit through the back to the logistics uh hungarian thank you so much for uh giving this case study of, of um coinbase uh i think we covered that, right? Or is there anything else you want to add? Because now do we you can have move on more? To... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could do this all day. I okay, <laughs> well, same for us. No, then I'm going to take a bit of a logistical lead here. Um, because at, at the beginning of the episode, uh, uh well, Jarno mentioned uh, that he thought that the last update uh, of uh, Overledger was a week ago, but I'll share my. A, I'll share my screen again uh, here. As you can see, while well, Jarno is walking away. Yeah. Um, Nikita isn't feeling too well. She has a terrible cold and she oh. just she just woke up. Nikita's four, as you guys know. So uh, when she's awake at this time. Um, it's. Uh, uh -oh. I'm a little bit worried, but it's going to yeah. be okay. It's going to be okay. okay. Continue. continue. Wish, you, wish you well. Um, but as you can see here, and this is my Sebastian, the, the same guy who just made the, the table on the division of quants across all these exchanges. This is the Overledger release schedule as we've had it. So it starts at the 10th of May 2021 with Overledger 2.0. And it goes all the way to today's update, uh, which is Overledger 2.24 released on the 14th of April, 2022. And then uh, for the people who listen, uh, you see the release dates, the Overledger versions and the amount of days between uh, those releases. And we see that at least since the 17th, uh, let's say the 3rd of, let's say the 3rd of February, we've seen 14 days in between them very consistently. So they've been releasing all these uh, new updates very frequently now. That's really interesting. Um, and, and, what, and what I found interesting and bullish is because um, because they can publish 
every time on the 14th. That yeah. means that the updates are actually ready before the 14th. They're, yeah. they're not they're not going to sit on their thumbs. So that means that they can actually work ahead and they're hopefully most likely in my mind at least ahead of schedule which which I it think is, is interesting. Um it's also oh, sorry, Hungarian. Yeah. Oh, I say this is a, a really good call out. It's actually one of the things Gilbert has recently referenced uh, in terms of things that he's proud of for the company. You know, us as a community, it's really easy to get focused on a very few specific updates we're looking for. Remote connector gateways, you know, obviously with that, the extension of state with uh, staking, you know, utility. Those are what we're excited about because we know that those things will have a dramatic impact on the token price. But when you look at like what actually has to happen for all these things to occur, Overledger has to grow and develop to get to the point where it can facilitate that type of movement. Um, the technology has to continue to evolve and grow, especially on, on the back end and the stuff that's not super exciting. So when, when he talks about how the release schedule that Quant is committing to and that Quant is delivering is seen only in like the likes of Google, I think that's, yeah. that's noteworthy. Because here we have Gilbert on, on many occasions talking about the, the speed and the scaling of the organization. And he talks a lot about Google. <laughs> yes, Google is his most common reference for, for quant, at least as of late. Um, we, we think about, hmm. so it, it's pretty clear at this point, quant will continue to innovate at this pace and potentially even increase as the, the team grows and, and the ability to do so. So while we're very focused on a couple unique milestones, the, the team's going to continue to build and grow. And overledgers continue and, and quant their, their services and products are only going to continue to expand. So even after we get that fateful day when the, some of the utility really starts kicking in or we, we have remote connector gateways launched for the public, even after that, we're still going to continue to see a rapid pace of innovation and updates. So like when we look at this over larger timeframes, one year, two year, three, five, it's pretty incredible to think about what this might look like and where we might be in, in just a few short years. Cause this is, this is not, and in fact, exa it's the exact opposite of what we see most organizations in crypto doing right now. So it's, it's just so exciting to, to be so early and to be a part of this right now. Cause we, we can see what's coming in, in terms of how quick it's happening, how bright the future is going to be. We don't quite have all the details yet, but we, we know enough to, to know it's, it's almost inevitable at this point. All potential no. outcomes are extremely bullish. What was all that? Oh, yeah. All potential outcomes are exceptionally bullish. Exceptionally bullish, yeah. yeah. Um, just to talk a little bit about today's update. I mean, we have, we've had, uh, I think it's new, so we should mention it. You're still uh, on so your screen, if you are aware or not. Yeah, I, I can stop sharing if you like. Yeah. Uh, See your beautiful face again. Yeah, here I am. Uh, I'm a narcissist, then, according to your. Uh, we'll, we'll link that article <laughs> in the description. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we. So we had the new update. It was 2.24, uh, and um, we got the QRC 20 functionality now for uh, Polkadot, right? I think that was in the release notes. Not, not sure if that was QRC functionality. Oh, okay. That could be me misreading it. 
I, I could be missing something. Uh, Hungarian, are you red in? Red up? I'm pulling it up right now just to get a reference. Save. Okay, so. Uh, I think at least when we got connected to Polkadot, that, that was. It's it's an API uh, for Overledger to connect to Polkadot uh, Testnet. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the West End uh, Testnet, right? Yep. Yeah, I read that. That's interesting. I thought Polkadot was an interoperability solution. Huh. Well, it is, but interoperability <laughs> is is a very diverse like problem to solve. Because like the way that I understand it, quant maybe isn't even the best way to do all forms of interoperability, especially at like a lower level. Like there mm-hmm. are certain applications where like the interoperability of just a high performing blockchain might be fully sufficient. But that's not what Quant is going after. Like not again those single use cases, those single games or applications or whatever. Like that's that's cool and and everything will find its own place in the market share. But eventually, at some level, to to really make this all uh, able to connect and, and scale at internet scale, mm. it does require interoperability at a level that even the most advanced protocols and bridges and cutting edge solutions can't even touch. Yeah, I think uh, in, in one of the future episodes we should go for, and that's this is at least a note between me and Jarno, is the um, uh, the ways of uh, achieving interoperability. And sure, we've been talking before about the levels, so that goes from conceptual uh, interoperability until, um, all, all, yeah, well, all, all these levels, you know, I think there are like seven layers. Layers, that that's the right word. I'm reading through the, the notes on the release right now. And, and according to sure. so Martin, yeah. uh, Martin Hargreave, product, uh, chief product officer, he goes through and he says, essentially, with the new Polkadot release, we can now connect to blockchains whose purpose is to connect to other blockchains. Effectively, Overledger is a higher level interoperability layer. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's it right there. That's everything we're talking about. So, so that, so that's technically not news. Uh, Tim, on on the interoperability stuff, why would you want to discuss the lower levels of interoperability? To to what point? To what end? Um, just to kind of um, make clear to people why those other solutions aren't doing the same stuff. So we, we, okay. we, pe- yeah. people talk about bridges and 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 going cross chain. Uh, I think SAC crypto SAC has, has has written a brilliant piece on it. In which you kind of showed uh, that, that, you, that it just doesn't scale. You, you can't build thousands of bridges uh, between all those networks. It, it's not going to work. I think we have actually covered it here. That's that's literally the reason. Yeah, I I found something on a website, and I'm curious what you guys think. I'm, I'm going sure. to I'm going to share this. Yeah. Um, this is when you click uh, news in the press. It, it brings me here. And, and what I see is the Tech Entrepreneur 2019. Uh, this is this is obviously Gil. This is Sia and Quant named. This is obviously Gil. This mm-hmm. is then interoperability, but this is over a, a little bit of a month later. And then we get this. Interoperability, crucial for DOT in post-trade processes, processes, ECB, FinExtra. When I click this, it reads interoperability crucial for DLT in post-trade processes, ECB. I 
but I, I skimmed through this. I don't see quant involved. Why would they feature this on their website in the news in between all Gilbert posts? Um, yeah, I think it doesn't okay. necessarily. Yeah, no, can I? Please, oh. please. I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm mean... trying to use you guys' as external uh, memory yeah. and the sounding board and whatever. I mean, it, it, it could be a relevant article, obviously, to make the case for interoperability. Um, but I do see a very um, interesting trend here uh, because they, 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 they've been doing this. Um, for oh, example, also oh, with... Oh, huh? DLT op-based systems for DLT solutions by Quant. Quant's Overledger operating system is a DLT-based system for interconnecting and enabling interoperability between DLT-based and conventional systems. It is aimed at facilitating the communication, migration, and exchange of information value among different systems by allowing general-purpose applications to run on top of them. Um, and this is then named as, ah, we've seen this. We've seen this. Yeah. We're talking about interoperability solutions. It's in the annex. That's where Quant is mentioned. So the the million-dollar question. Why do all these organizations and entities, in particular the ones that Quant posts about, why does all of this sound like Quant without saying Quant? Why later? Yeah, right? But <clears throat> I, I would say, I would answer that question with another question because I think it's important that we change our perspective here. As previously discussed, as crypto investors, we have a very unique perspective uh, and we look at things almost exclusively as to how they benefit us. But what we're looking at here is a technology that's not designed for us uh, first and foremost. It's designed to solve a problem. We play yeah. a role in the ecosystem, but we are not the sole focus yes. as like you see in that of every other crypto project. Like the no. goal of Quant is not to pump the price of QNT. That's, that's going to happen because it's designed well, but it's not the primary focus. The focus is connecting all the world's networks. <laughs> so if, yeah. if you were a business... And you had a technology that allowed you to take a product to market that other people didn't have. Would it make sense to announce that ahead of time and to explain, hey, I have this tech solution by this um, innovative tech company that's come out and I can do things that nobody else can do. And I'm about to bring this entirely new suite of products to market that stand to make me billions and billions of dollars. And here I'm going to go and talk about it publicly and what am I accomplished in doing so? I let my competition have greater insight into what I'm doing. And I potentially lose uh, the ability of capitalizing on early market share. I lose an early market advantage. I mean, this is not even a, touching like things like NDAs and other strategic elements. From my, my perspective, I just don't think it makes sense for these organizations to go out there and start talking about their like core tech stack. Like Apple's not going to go out and start telling you about this crazy innovation and in chips that happened from this little company that they acquired and how they are going to launch the new M2 chip in, in a year. And it's going to allow you to you know, do you know all these crazy things. They don't do that. They'll bring their product to market and you'll have the benefits of that product. And then maybe over time, parts of that will come through in, in different industries and in different perspectives. But the public facing communication for retail focused and consumer-focused organizations is not that of pushing their tech stack. It's about pushing their product. Yeah. 
and, and, and that's part of the curse of, of quant because it, 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 it's not simple. And I said it before, if XRP and Bitcoin is easy. It wants to be money. Everybody can relate with that. Everybody can understand that. Um, and, and, oh, I want to make money. So I invest in money and, 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 and that's that. Um, but quant, on the other hand, has so many dependencies. You need to understand so much and, 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 and you need to have so much in-depth knowledge of, of what could potentially be going on and, and, and why would benefit. What is the value proposition um, and, and why would companies use it? And even then, I have, I have said it a couple of shows back, in my mind, there's a very good chance that nothing is going to get built on quant because quant is an interoperability solution. So technically, a solution is going to be built on, say, Ethereum or Polkadot or Corda or Hyperledger. And, and quant is just the, the platform in between that makes it all come together and work. So technically, nothing will be built on quant, yet everything will be built on quant. But are you going to name drop a solution like this? Are you going to are, are you going to build houses and are going to share what kind of adhesive you used for the for the wallpaper? I don't know. Um, and, I, yeah, I have like a little bit of speculation. I'm going to throw it here, and I'm not really going to address too much of why I think about this. But <laughs> so take it for what it is. I would not be surprised if Quant ended up launching some type of like an in-house blockchain um, layer one-ish solution. I think there's, there's a couple of reasons why, why this makes sense. And we do have some hints and little things from here and there. You've got LinkedIn updates. You've got uh, stuff that Gilbert said. You've got other references. But also it would make sense to, if, if we use an analogy of um, another like high-level tech company, something like Oracle. So Oracle has a somewhat similar business model in which they they develop, for like first and foremost, they're a technology company and they develop tech solutions. Now that cascades out in different ways and they do actually have products that reach direct to consumers and they have products that reach to B2B. But um, at the end of the day, Oracle is a trusted brand and a trusted platform that provides um, services that people can go and use. So yeah. just as you can, as a business, you can go register and use all these different services and products through over through um, Oracle Cloud and through these different services and offerings they have. You can also just directly work with the stuff that they offer. So I, I think that there will be layers to it, and I would not be surprised. In fact, I, I would be more surprised if it didn't happen. That within the next really year, year and a half or so, that we see some type of solution or platform like that come through. What what is it going to look like? I, I don't know, but I would be very surprised if Quant does not launch their own platform for people to. We made a video in Dutch. Quant, their own blockchain slash DLT. Um, because we, we we speculated that that could be beneficial. Because say 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 we're a startup and we want to get the Quamfi show um, on, a, on a blockchain or in the DLT ecosystem. Um, and we love Quant. We love Quant. We, we trust them. We use them for their interrupt for some reason to interoperate, I don't know, between Potbean and, 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 and YouTube or something stupid like that. 
Um, but we, we want to store all our data securely on a blockchain, but we don't have a blockchain, but we love quant. Um, so how easy would it be for quant if they could just um, provide an entire package? And so yeah, then you have all your data under quant networks umbrella, so to speak. So you have all your services under quant networks umbrella. So they can just provide everything. I think it makes it makes perfect sense. It will not be their main value proposition, obviously not, because you have a solution that is future proven. A blockchain um, will probably never be. But um, if, if 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 you have customers and they like what you do, you you should have the option to provide everything, the full package, the full Monty, everything they need and everything they want, and um, and and the blockchain could be very well part of that. Yeah, so Hungarian, I 100% agree, and I know Tim does too. Yeah, that's interesting you bring up this point. What yeah. originally brought us to speculate on an own quant blockchain? I think there must have been some kind of development yeah. back then. Well, one of the biggest pieces is there was a LinkedIn post that somebody had posted uh, it was like a job description indeed that was it. On, yeah. it was like working on a top secret blockchain project uh, i think it even referenced like a, a tps of like a million or something crazy yeah that was it that was the trigger that's why we got to it is quant actually working on a blockchain we made a dutch episode on it and we got some flack for it from from some people the same people that gave us flack i believe for the speculation on the wallets of Coinbase. Uh, yeah. We, we have a couple of people that are really skeptical in the Dutch group, and it's fantastic because they keep us honest, they keep us thinking. Um, sometimes it's pretty annoying. Um, but yeah, man, great minds think alike. I love it. I, I'm not an advocate of echo chambers. I think that we should all be, <laughs> yeah. be trying to work through this critically. And the, the people that ask questions, as, as long as everyone is constructive and. Yes. Is he is, is truly trying to seek information and not yeah. just instigate? I, I think that critical opinions is a very healthy place to have, especially right now, like where where we do lack a lot of clarity. Where yeah. it is, like I'll, I'll be the first to say it. It's really easy for me to see all this as bullish. I love Quan. Yeah. Like I'm so excited about the the future blockchain internet, the internet of trust, the 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 vision that Gilbert has, and everything that's happening and and of course, the, the personal gain for, for me too, I, I'd be remiss to not mention. I'm so excited about that, that I, I'm very aware that I do have a bias. Yeah, I'm probably going to see what I want to see. So having these platforms to be able to discuss and to be able to have people poke holes in these ideas and force us to think critically is super healthy. And, and I welcome it. Love it. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. I, love um, I think, yeah, critical opinions are of course very necessary because we tend to go into becoming an echo chamber confirmation bias uh, on the, yeah but on the other hand our community is also really looking f- to find thoughts we're, we're trying to find well these these weak spots right the the the, the system the, the the spots where we might poke into it where, where we might say hey that's that's something that isn't uh, done properly, but we just struggle to find them. It's it's so weird. <laughs> I've been having this mental exercise for myself so many times. Like, where this is too good to be true. Yeah. What am I overlooking? 
Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel that, but. You know, I found Quant two years ago, or just over two years ago. And when I initially started looking into it, that was my first thought is there's, this is too good to be true. There's, there's no way that I found that this one in a million chance and this thing could actually be something that could completely alter the course of my life. So I, yeah. I spent the next two years trying to prove myself wrong. In fact, that was like my, my whole perspective on learning about quant is I was trying to prove myself wrong. Uh, and every type of hole I could think of in the strategy, in the economics, in, in the design, obviously for my very limited perspective, you know, I'm very much new to this space. I still have so much to learn. So take it for what you will. But I, I spent the first two years just trying to work through this critically and I couldn't find anything that was like a, a direct and glaring issue. There's things that are unclear. There are things that I don't understand fully because I don't have access to all of the internal insight and strategy, but there's nothing that is outright like a red flag, like be it a, a critical issue in the business model. I, I don't see any like behavioral issues coming from team members, things that are, you know, other red flags. You, you don't, you see consistency in the expectations versus delivery. I mean, just generally speaking, taking into considerations the complexities of any organization, let alone one scaling this quickly in, in a space so dynamic. Yeah. Taking that all into consideration, uh, my personal opinion is that, is that this is a completely sound company and, and the future is very bright. Yeah, I think um, I think that's beautiful, and I, I can't can't agree more. Um, it does look too good to be true, though, <laughs> with, with 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 the patents and the team, and um, I, I researched for maybe a couple of days to a week before I went all in. Uh, the patents, the patents, and the and the, and the idea generally of connecting everything to everything. And again, with the patents, and Gilbert's CV and 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 where he worked, just sealed the deal. And I was like, okay, I don't want to miss out on this, so I'm just gonna fucking dive in, and I'll do damage control later if I'm wrong. Um, I didn't feel that way about XRP. That's where my, my crypto journey started, looking into XRP. And I took about a half a day. And 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 when I read all the money, I was like, eh. <laughs> don't see that happening. Um, I think what's what's really unique about what Quant is doing, yeah. and there may be other ones, but not that I'm aware of. Uh, Quant is, is the only crypto, and, and I lose that, I use that very loosely as a term, but enterprise that interacts with crypto. Quant is the only organization, even remotely in this space, that isn't designing a new system. They're designing something that's built for what's already there. Yes. So instead of expecting every uh, established company and network and organization to switch over to this new operational model, to switch to this new blockchain, to, to change how they've been doing things that's tried and true, Albeit flawed, um, it's it's not really realistic. I mean, oh. on, on so many levels, especially when you when you want to try to scale this thing. 
So that's a really important point to, to recognize here because earlier when we talk about it being technology agnostic, that means that anyone who wants to use quant, they don't have to make a change. Like they don't have to redesign their systems. They don't have to do anything other than basically just click a couple buttons really um, on the back end. I use the example. It's easier to ask people to grab your hand and just bring them with you or go with them in a way and try and push them in a certain direction. It's, 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 it's just like that. Why, 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 um, make people change what they are already doing quicker than they are willing to do so they can use your solution. You can just kind of go with them and then take them uh, the way you want to go. So made a lot of sense in my mind at least, but, but yeah, man, I, uh, I, I think I absolutely agree. Um, and I was just curious, do you have other topics prepared? Well, I don't have anything else prepared. If, if you have any questions, I can you know, attempt to cover that. Yeah, that's uh, the fourth. Vomit quant information. Just rant. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I always ask the question on quant updates on Instagram. Uh, if, well, the community has questions for us. So let's see uh, what they brought up this time. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> Nobody is asking a question. The only question we got is if we will be bringing out merch soon. Well, we'll be bringing out merch. It won't be soon, but we're, we have ideas. There is a document and um, there are ideas. There's a, there's a global direction. There's a, a feeling of where the branding should, could go. And we are examining options if people okay while we're on the topic if people know of companies that offer printing services on every continent can you please put that in the description or dm me on telegram or whatever um because what we want is if we're gonna produce merch and we're gonna ship it out then i do not want people in the united states to have to wait for the merch to come from the Netherlands or from Europe to the United States because it's going to take a fuck ton of time. It's going to cost you a fuck ton of money. And if there's issues, it's going to cost us both time and money. It's a shit show. But there are also solutions. I know that they must exist where they have fulfillment centers in the US or so North America, South America, Europe, Asia, whatnot, and that they can just print and ship from there or they put stock there and they ship from there. If there's a solution that you guys know that, that does that, pl- please let me know. And we're thinking of um, caps, bags, shirts, um, belts, all, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, 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 and try to make it very subtle and very comfy. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's more of a question to you guys. Um, I think, yeah, we, did, we didn't really specifically get any questions, but I think I can ask a question to you too, uh, what your perspective on that is. Uh, given like, the, the, the current uh, state of the release, so we're currently at Overledger 2.24, um, when gateways? H1. In a fair, H1, okay. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, okay, I put that very fancy, but when do you guys 
realistically anticipate gateways just to uh, that's kind of the feeling i guess from f1 and now we also have hungarian on the show so he might uh, have a more elaborate idea on that what's your, what's your and take i just on that? got demoted to chop liver thank you oh what is going on hungarian so you still here i am uh, i am trying to think of the best way to answer that <laughs> when gateways <laughs> when, when gateways uh, I, I would say soon the, <laughs> yeah no um well yes maybe but I, w- I would say why my question is why do you ask that why are mm. we asking when gateways yeah that's my question right? as well yeah why is that so important to everyone everybody wants I, to I, pass I think I know most, mm-hmm. everybody okay for, for me because gilbert said something like everything will come at once so we asked when dashboard and obviously the dashboard the reason people want dashboard is because dashboard make price go up because that's what they hope gateways why because gateways will most likely do number go up so it all comes back to number go up because we want recognition we are 47,000 wallets um People want recognition. People want price to go up. Some people want to sell. Other people just want to have the confirmation that everything is going to be all right. Um, and and we want that, that passive income. So when you get the gateways, you're going to get the dashboard because Gilbert promised. He pinky sweared. And if, if, if we get that, then we can try and, and, and guesstimate or extrapolate based on the data, how many customers there are so we can see can say see we knew this all along we were right you were wrong there's a lot of traffic and the network is huge and the lockups oh there are so many tokens locked up price go up that's that's all where it leads to because people are interested in the tech because number go up i think i think that that's that's my perspective in in a way as well we just want evidence that stuff is happening the same with the guy yesterday on see chain sorry asking about the licenses all we have now is Gilbert's promise that the quant token is needed for everything. And um, that, that those are other people's words. And I know there's more, but I just can't come up with it right now. Um, but but it's kind of what we have. We have Gilbert's pinky promise that the token is needed, that people, our companies are paying, and, 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 and that lockups are occurring. Well, we have obviously the Coinbase speculation, and we have a bunch of genius in the community. But like we so, said, crypto is really skeptical and people don't believe. Johnny, you, you said something really interesting. Um, well, when I want? asked why, why gateways, like why, um, <clears throat> why do we want gateways? Everything you said is completely true. I think that the, the points that you made are all the reasons why the community wants gateways so bad, wants the dashboard, wants that insight. But if you look at it objectively, none of the reasons that you just mentioned are reasons that or, or things that gateways will actually really do from like the network functionality standpoint. So I, I would I would acknowledge that disconnect first and foremost. What our expectation and timeline for updates on is critically different than that of the network functionality. Yes. Like yes, of course RCGs are critical for the broader scope of overledger network and everything else. But what we're talking about, we just spent 
like what, 20, 30 minutes going through the, the update pace, we're talking about how Quant is releasing these backend updates at a pace akin to only the likes of Google. We're, we're talking about how Quant has these connections and relationships across some of the biggest organizations and entities in the entire world and has shown consistency in that type of integration and track record. Um, and then we know somewhere along the way that there's some steps that are going to happen with gateways, with dashboards, with other things that are going to give both insight and visibility, but also the actual incremental utility that drives what we ultimately are super excited about as investors. But that disconnect's important because if we use only our perspective to control how we look at this, then we aren't looking at this the right way. I would say because we aren't looking at this from the perspective of the team, it is clouding our expectations and everything else. Because when you zoom out and you look at, you know, like you said earlier, I, I think it was Tim, you know, mm -hmm. you, Gilbert came out and he basically told us multiple times of things that were about to happen, just casually in a little sentence, in a little, in a hint. And, you know, you if you took the time and really dove into it, you could extrapolate some things from that. And if we use that level of trust and precedent that's been previously set, uh, we, we could look forward and, and start to think about what might happen in the future. So the first thing I would say is um, coming off the, the, the message Gilbert put in December, and we talked about how 2021 was such an amazing year full of incredible accomplishments, highlights Oracle and, and some other stuff. But then also about how 2022 is going to be bigger than 2021 and how they have a lot planned. Now, you get that at any crypto telegram, and, and that's really easy to dismiss. But <laughs> when you have the everything that we've just spent the last couple hours talking about, it, that starts to take on a whole different meaning. Yeah. Now, we look at the most recent message, the most recent communication and insight we've had from Quant. The response from the Quant um, head of communication to the community questions while it wasn't the response a lot of people were hoping for, it actually does contain some really interesting information. It was what they wanted. It was well, a roadmap. It, it, <laughs> it was it, a roadmap. You know, the, in a couple of months. There. People want the day. They want the time. They want to know what Gilbert had for breakfast. They, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just not going to happen, at least right now, for where the company is at. And that's uh, why that, the price will dump when we get gateways because expectations, it's the same where we started and now we're a full circle because expectations are never met, ever. It just doesn't work. And the grass is always greener elsewhere. When gateways, now you want to know if you can fucking swing trade your goddamn quant right now so you can buy some shit coin. That's what you want to know, really. Is it going to take longer? <laughs> Sorry. It's all going to be. We are demonetizing them. But it's, it, it might just not happen the way yeah. or when we're hoping or thinking it might. So we look at um, what, what this most recent communication says. There's a line that really stands out to me. Uh, and this, and again, this is coming from Rebecca, the head of communications at Quant Network. We are currently working on relaunching our website in the coming months with in depth new content and information for developers. This should help answer many of the questions posed. So what does that tell us? That Quant is going to be launching a new website in the coming months. It's going to have new information with more in-depth content and specifically information for developers. Now, let's go back in time. The last time that Quant talked about something like this, um, I believe it was early 2021. 
Exactly. Uh, and, and that was when Gilbert came in and he talked about the rebrand that was coming up. Hey, hey we're going to be launching a new website uh, and a rebrand. Can't say much more. Excited. Something like that. Yeah. And yeah. it was that was it. And then a couple months later, what happened? Um, the rebrand happened. Full new website with a lot more information. But Overledger Network also launched with that too. And that was the reason behind the rebrand. The reason behind all of this. Exactly. So what's you know we we think about how things are lining up. You know, it's it's mid-April right now. We haven't really had any substantial updates from Quant. We know that they have a lot coming up, whether it's, uh, I, I think that there's a new product coming out this year. Um, obviously, we have QRC20, uh, and then, you know, potentially maybe some updates on on a gateway or dashboards uh, as, as we get a little bit later into the year. But it... H1. It's, it's exciting to think about because... We know that the company has a history of over-delivering with this type of situation. And we know that going to be a Quant X? A Quant X? Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if it'll be Quant X, but I, I think that as we move forward into a public-facing OVN, then it would be, it would be very logical to have a, a platform and an environment where you can share ideas, where developers can work together, where yeah. innovation can thrive. In fact, I, I would hazard to go as far as to speculate that in the, the relative near term, six months, year, two years, we see um, an entirely new kind of subset of quant form. And I, I think that there will be a lot of interaction that happens between, I'm, I'm just speculating, but I think that there'll be a lot of interaction between quant, the organization, and developers and communities, but it won't be through the formal arm of quant. In, in fact, fact no, sorry. yeah, I, I would guess that there will be an entirely separate, like subdivision or whatever of, of quant that interacts with more developers and in, in, in that ecosystem with the community. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking of the interview I said that actually last week we we said this as well uh, too. I mean, when Jarno mentioned Quantex when we were talking with Boss, but once again Gilbert mentioned in the LCX interview with Monty Metzger. I can timestamp it if you like. It's somewhere in that interview that they are aiming to do hackathons after the pandemic is over and the company is stabilized a little bit again. Quant hackathons and stuff to engage with the community. Um, so I, I'll timestamp it and link it in the description. It is there. It's literally Gilbert telling us that that will come. Uh, Could you guys imagine if we got a, like a, a large public developer bounty for the OVN? Like let's let's say the OVN comes out with developer tools that are accessible to the public, and then along with that, uh, you know, in additional information into you know the, the back end of the process and, and the value proposition of that, a fifty million or a hundred million dollar developer bounty to come and bring tools and services to the Overledger network. Fifteen um, quant is steep, man. What's that? Fifteen <laughs> quant. That's a, that's a steep reward. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got a couple set aside. I think I'll, I'll fund it at a, at a million dollars a token. Yeah. But no, I think that that's like a that's a logical conclusion for attracting uh, developers to a network. I think the yeah. other logical conclusion that kind of wraps into this is that as we start to see more um, public public facing and tools that are available for developers to actually use a network. Um, we'll start to see more information on use cases and we'll start to see more communication on why or how this network is actually being used. Objectively speaking, if I were launching a product or a business 
like this, I would want to wait until I was ready for these types of developers to start making as much noise. So yes. when they start conversations and they're looking into me, I am able to start releasing this. And, and Gilbert's actually talked about like a lot of this is done. They, it sounds like they have an entirely new marketing campaign that's like been filmed. There's all types of content. There's in-depth things for people to, to go and interact with, but they're just not available now because the, the products and tools aren't out for people to use. It just wouldn't make sense. Tim said that last week as well. There's so much that has been recorded and that has been... You, you tell it, Tim. It was, oh, it, was uh, your, it was your memory. I'm not sure what you're... I've said a lot last yeah, week, so no, I'm not no, sure. No. You, you were talking about how they said that they had videos ready, that they had been recording all these. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, they, they, they promised in the same LCX interview, uh, Gilbert promised. Uh, I'm hearing some noise. On the, it could be you, Hungarian. Is it? Yeah, I'm not sure what that was. Seems like okay. a bit of an echo. Could you perhaps... Press the mute on your mic. Thanks. Has it been <laughs> echoing this whole time? Did you got to call me out? No, 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 it, it didn't. It was just uh, for the brief, uh, brief yeah. moment. Okay, thanks. Uh, no, I mean, in the <laughs> same uh, LCX, I never ask a guest to mute, sorry for this, but we really <laughs> have to do it for logistical reasons. You um, it. Yeah, with Monty, um, yeah, Gilbert promised... A, I'm not sure, actually. No, I, d I don't think it was in the LCX interview. I think he promised uh, on Telegram yeah. in Maine. Uh, yeah, that it was there. He promised a, a, a team AMA. That was somewhere in May 2021, 20, I think. They, they, they released a blooper, the blooper reel. Yeah. And, 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 and it. it was true. And, and um, there have clearly been videos recorded back in that, that period. So Gilbert might have been hinted at, hinting at that. I just think it was personal capacity in terms of their staff. They did, just didn't have the time to do it, probably. But but it it, it was being planned. So yeah. yeah, and and they do have a marketing and video department. Clearly, we see those videos. I think oh. uh, it will be part of the bigger plan. But uh, Andrew is in uh, Los Angeles at the moment, so he's probably not doing any marketing. <laughs> So I, I used to work for a pretty big organization and I, I went higher up in this company. And what I found is that things that initially were really confusing to me as more of an entry-level employee started to make a lot more sense as I got more, as I had more exposure. So I, maybe as a, as a frontline team member, I would see changes going on with the strategy or I would hear one thing that would maybe not end up happening and that would create some type of maybe distrust or confusion. And amongst also my, my peers, those, those were just the general ideas and perceptions that we had. But then as I, I grew in my career and I began to have more exposure to the higher level strategy, you, you, begin, you recognize that, at least in most organizations, uh, the intent is not malicious ever. Business is incredibly complicated, and the larger a business it is, especially relative to the team and the, and the responsibilities and the amount of direct reports you have, the more challenging it becomes to standardize your communication and information across every single person. Now, if we extract this for, for this example here with Quant, um, it, it's clear that crypto as a whole, 
DLT as a whole is moving at light speed. Um, DLT is being adopted faster than the internet was, which was the fastest adopted technology by several orders of magnitude at that point. I saw 880% growth today in a tweet from Real Vision. 880% last year. It's insane how fast it's growing. And as it grows, it's changing very quickly. The, the landscape, uh, e even in, in a more standardized approach that, that Quant is in, is moving very quickly. And as you're going through a company that's going from this startup phase and, and scaling up and, and hiring dozens and dozens of people each month, really, um, the amount of moving pieces and complexities involved with your communication and your strategy between board of directors, between your C-level team, um, and, and then all the way out to the information that makes it to the public. And that's not even factoring in the complexities of NDAs and the strategic of or the strategy of communication and potentially silence. Like it, it's so unbelievably complicated that when you're far enough removed, it's really easy to try to connect those dots from a pessimistic perspective. In fact, actually, um, just a tech guy, you've seen him on Twitter, really smart mm -hmm. part of a really smart member of our community. He actually posted a thread about just some of like the, the things that he's learned uh, with the psychology of crypto. And it's incredibly relevant. I'm actually going to, I'm going to read the, the part of the tweet here because it's very, um, very similar. Uh, he talks about the seduction of pessimism and how pessimists sound intelligent, yet an optimist sounds naive in comparison. Uh, and essentially referencing that evolution has allowed or, or basically has created organisms that treat threats as more urgent uh, than opportunities that have a better chance for the future. Negativity so like bias. This, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think it's very easy for us to be dismissive and to come to negative conclusions about, like, if Gilbert says something and it doesn't happen the exact day or if it didn't happen every single step of what they expected. But if, if you've ever spent any amount of time working with any large organization, you recognize how chaotic things are and how it just it, it isn't that simple. Strategies change, communication changes. You can say things, you can't say things. It, it just, I don't think it would be, I don't really think it's appropriate or, or realistic to expect 100% um, fully translatable information. Like to say every single thing, every single tweet uh, will, will come to fruition is probably not realistic because things will change over time and you're not going to hear about it. You're not going to hear the meetings behind closed doors. You're not going to be a part of the strategy. You're not going to see the email that came out about some new policy that came through from the Senate in this country. Like it's just not the world that we're involved in. So, and, and I know this is very ambiguous, but it's why I spent so much time talking about the questions that you're asking. It's why Jarno, I asked you, why are you asking for gateways? Oh. And it's to illustrate the, the disparity of perspectives here because once once we can acknowledge that we want and we look for very different things than what quant actually is doing for the growth of their business and network yeah. it makes it a lot easier to try to understand the space in between yeah the question is why the gateways for quant that's the point what's the purpose of the gateways why do they exist we answered this in, in one of the, the, the previous videos um, I believe in Dutch in depth. I mean, the, the purpose of, of the gateways is decentralizing the network. 
you need to have a network and you need to have people participating on a network willing to participate in that network when it, when it gets decentralized and and it it it, it adds ad additional complexity extra work um it, it makes everything more 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 difficult so why would you add it if, if it's not needed yet it's, it's same with evolution same with the with, with the just the tech guy tweet why put put the gateways to life bring them to life if you have no job for them to fulfill exactly it comes down to do you trust gilbert and team to execute yes that's the question well and on that bombshell we uh might end the episode here uh we've been talking almost for two and a half hours which is brilliant uh we covered a lot. Uh, it, we went at lightning speed to make the comparison with DLT adoption. Uh, yeah, well, it was amazing to have you on the show. And um, if this is the level we will be getting from our guests, it's going to be a very, uh, very interesting uh, ride for us because this is amazing. Um, it's great to have all the people from the community on the show. Uh, exchange ideas with them, see their views. And uh, I think you've done an amazing job with that. And uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Hungarian. I would love, love, love to bring you back in the future again um, so we can uh, hear you riff some more. It's uh, it's amazing. Preaching. Yeah. The, Preaching. The pleasure was all mine. Th thank you guys so much for having me. I absolutely love talking about this kind of stuff. And, and I hope that I was able to provide some value to your audience. Yeah. You we have. will see. Yeah. We will see. <laughs> but you probably have, yeah. And we we'll will be speaking. Yeah, sure. Uh, it will be all right, I guess. And we will be speaking to each other more often, I guess. I, I think there are some initiatives to uh, from the community to get uh, well, people from the community together and do AMAs, uh, which yeah. we bring. Yeah, that, that would be so cool to just have the interaction. And there are so many minds in there. We could probably answer any question. This was your yeah, idea, I'll, I'll wasn't it, it, Hungarian? Yeah, I'll, I'll announce Oh, it's it your now. idea. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I I'm, uh, I'm coordinating a community AMA. And, and basically what I'm doing is I'm putting together a panel of our most experienced and knowledgeable community experts from all ends of the spectrum, from the people who are actively in the tech space, understanding the code to people uh, maybe on more of the analytical side and ever in between the, the fundamental analysis. And, and basically, I, I want to get everyone together so we mm -hmm. can invite people in, uh, be it people that are existing in our community that are newer, people that just still have questions. Maybe they, they've been watching from the sidelines quietly wondering, hey, why is my Q&T gone from $6 to 400 back down to $100? Um, or, or maybe it's people that are just new and they see quant being talked about and they, they want to understand. So we'll, we'll start talking about this event as, as it gets fully baked out and start promoting it on social media too as we get closer. But expect to see that uh, probably either next week at the, the worst case, the week after. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there. I know that you two will be there too. The resident we'll have... moon boys will be there. Yes. <laughs> we should have like at least six, seven, eight people or so. It'll be a good time. We'll have a lot of fun and, and really just have a great conversation. I expect to not be able to answer all the questions. In fact, I hope that we come out of this with questions that for all of us that we've never thought about before. 
You know, it's yeah. it's not about trying to create this like shill fest where, hey, come in and I'm going to sell you all on why you should buy QNT. Because like, slaps over last year. None of you have to buy QNT for the price to go up in the long term. Like that's, we spent three hours talking about that. Um, but I think it would be really cool if collectively as a community, we can all be a part of this conversation together. Yeah. Like stuff like this is so cool to be able to share the ideas directly and to be able to allow people in the community to come up on stage and ask the questions they have and hear answers in a very real and authentic way. Yeah, and and yet, maybe that's not the most effective and efficient form of sharing information. But I just think that bringing everyone together as a community would be a really enjoyable way to go about this and learn and grow together. So it's like an event in addition to an educational platform. Yeah, to be absolutely clear, there's not going to be team members. It's going to be a community AMA. So community members will be um, asking and we'll also be answering the question and preferably it'll be different people, but there are no yeah. team members yeah. involved. No, that is correct. Yes. Just wanted to Although, emphasize that. What? Gilbert, you're welcome to come join us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We can call him. Yeah. You can, uh, you can send in uh, a request and then, <laughs> yeah, definitely. If, if there are any team members that are watching this after two and a half hours, Chris, perhaps go to work, get to work. Shocked. I think I, I think Chris would. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, there's a little bit of lag. Oh, okay. No, we're not we're not gonna get Chris on. Uh, I uh, think Chris would be our best guess. Yeah, but that yeah. that that would be very difficult. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was your initial. Uh, I mean, I knew, but there's just so much going on. Sometimes I overlook uh, who said what. So. Uh, Apologies for that. Hungarian, you're a community hero. Thank you for your initiatives. Thank you for yeah. your contributions today. It was absolutely 100% our pleasure. And yeah. uh, we'd love to see you again on the show. Thank Last you so remarks. Much. Anybody? Nothing, really. All right. We'll see you we'll next week. Stay comfy. <laughs> <laughs>